And welcome to Game Face, episode 372 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted. And alongside me today to discuss some awesome video game stuff is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? He found Sifted. He didn't, he's not the founder of Sifted. He just found it. I found it. It was just laying it. there in the gutter. Laying and in I the just gutter. It and up. you're like, hey. <laughs> what up, bruh? <laughs> clean this up, throw this in a pot. You got a stew going. <laughs> exactly. Hey, everybody. How are you guys all doing? Uh, we've had a little bit of an emergency here today um, before we were filming or before we got ready to film. Um, we had an accident and the monitor that used to be sitting here fell forward onto this mouse right here and it shattered the monitor. It's insane. Did that happen like just now when you were moving the yeah. thing? Okay. Just this morning when I'm setting up. So that didn't happen during the week. No, uh -uh. Okay. no, it just it knocked over and the, it landed on the mouse and the mouse shattered the monitor. So here's the thing. Normally I have a monitor over here off camera that you guys can't see. And that's where you guys are with chat. And Matt can see you guys, and I can see you guys. We had to take that monitor from you guys and put it over here so we could actually run the show on the TriCaster. So, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but we're not going to be able to bring you guys into the show today. Um, also, we did have Name That Game Plan for today. We obviously can't do that because we can't bring chat into the show. Um, next week, this will all be fixed. I'll have a new monitor, and it'll be fine. But unfortunately, this happened as we were setting up for the show today. And there was no way to go get a monitor and bring it in in time for the show. So we're going to trudge forward. We're still going to do the episode. Matt can see you guys on his phone. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see you guys on mine, but I'd have to like go away from doing the other stuff I have to do. So anyway, just a heads up. We're not going to have as much interaction with you guys as we normally would, which makes the show worse. I'm just being honest with you. You guys make the show better every week. Um, so it's disappointing, but unfortunately, we're just kind of making do with what we got here. And again, next week, we'll have a new monitor. Everything will be back to normal. And then like... The week after that, I think, is when the new show kicks off. So, will that matter? You'll have to wait and yeah, find out. You're the out. only one who knows that. <laughs> That's I don't true. Know what I don't know you're asking me. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? All right. Yeah? Uh, yeah, monitor. Shane Shatterfield. That's there you correct, go. <laughs> correct, Cinetype. Yes. There you go. That's very accurate. Um, it's really crazy how easily that monitor shattered. Yeah, it literally that... fell from there onto this mouse, and that it was, was just, it. It was just the right... The right angle, the right weak part of the screen, and yeah. there you go. Yeah. So anyway. Unfortunately, I don't have any other spare monitors around. Yeah. I uh, usually do, but I finally got rid of all of them. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a new one for, for next week, so don't worry about it. Um, but unfortunately, again, you guys won't be in the show as much as normal this week, which, again, sucks, because you guys do make the show better. Um, pretty slow week in games. We do have a, a pretty big game to discuss in today's show that both Matt and I played. Actually, two of them, although Matt only played both of them. I only got to play one of them. Mm. We're going to preview Nintendo in 2024 today to continue our 2024 previews. Next week, we'll do Xbox and third party. And then we have a bunch. There'll be a bunch of games in next week's episode because um, we have a bunch of games coming at the end of January. And then two pretty big ones right as February kicks off as well. Mm -hmm. um, so these next few episodes of Game Face are going to be pretty awesome for January and February episodes. Um, but otherwise, it's been pretty slow. I mean, we're yeah, I, I mean, feel like we're still kind of getting back into the groove of stuff. Like Nobody ships anything. Early of consequence in January. Early, yeah. And even just... Even the, the Steam upcoming release is just nothing but porn. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it usually is, but even more so <laughs> than usual. 
But even the news this week was pretty slow. There wasn't a bunch of big news stories, so we're not going to have a ton of housekeeping today, which is kind of good because we do have three main topics we need to get to in today's show. And last week, Matt, we went, even though we started the show late, we still went over by like 20 minutes or mm-hmm. whatever. This, that's all on me, by the way. I need to corral the shows better. I need to manage the shows better. Um, and that is my goal for today is to make sure it doesn't go to three hours and 20 minutes. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we do have a great episode for you guys today. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Matt. Like, um, it, it feels like they're just. This was just a slow week in general. The Steelers lost yesterday. Yeah. On horrible officiating. Like, I'm not saying that they would have went on to win the Super Bowl, as I've said all year. They're a bad football team, but they really got job yesterday in that football game. I don't know if you guys watched it, but there were like four terrible calls against the Steelers that were huge pivot pivoting plays I mean I was actually surprised the Steelers probably should have won that game I hate to say it uh, but they didn't and they're eliminated and that's always an interesting day for me Matt because that's when I turn the page and get a bunch of free time added into my life Mm. (laughs) it's kind of nice actually Uh, I wish I could have got a little bit further but unfortunately it was not meant to be um, but otherwise, it's just been a pretty mm. mellow week. Everyone, I feel like everyone, like my wife. So when is, does the the fo- fantasy football stuff come? Oh, to yep, good point. Um, so you guys are probably wondering when is Matt, when are Matt and Shane going to do their draft? When is the sifted fantasy challenge going to kick off? That all happens next week. Um, next week is going to be tough to get everything in the time that we have. Unfortunately, we have a couple big games to talk about. We need to do our fantasy draft, and then we'll kick off during Game Face next Tuesday. We will kick off the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, which is the fantasy league that you guys all play in. Um, this so, year, I'll remember to do that. Yeah, this year, remember remember to actually play. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and then you guys will have a week to get all your picks in for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, and then we'll cut it off the next Tuesday. So you guys will have seven days from next Tuesday to get your picks in for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge, and then Matt and I will do our draft next week as well, live right here on Twitch for you guys. So exciting stuff coming, um, but this week overall was kind of mellow, which is kind of good because I have a bunch of other stuff going on behind the scenes trying to get the new show done and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of good that we got this little bit of a reprieve here to start the year. Um, but I think with that, we're probably ready to kick off uh, housekeeping. Um, as I mentioned, fantasy stuff all happening next Tuesday. Get ready. Start doing your research. Do your own research. <laughs> Get ready to make your picks mm-hmm. for the fantasy challenge next week. And then something else that's happening right now as far as Sifted is concerned. Right now, we're taking questions for Pactor Factor. Right now. So we, we get all the time. People just asking random questions on our YouTube channel. And I always reply to them. I'm like, yo. We asked for questions at specific points, like make sure you follow the community tab on YouTube, and nobody does, unfortunately. The whole setup for YouTube is kind of goofy. No one goes to those other tabs. Like, no one even knows they're there. Yeah. Well, I, for- so- I forget how to search someone's YouTube channel because they put that magnifying glass so far to the right. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like our community tab is where we do communicate with our YouTube family, and you're right, most people just ignore all the stuff that happens there, except for the people who subscribe to Sifted on YouTube. Mm-hmm. For the weirdest reason, that's where they have to go to get their content. Hmm. So if you're a subscriber to us on YouTube, and we have a, a good many people who are subscribing to get our content early just on YouTube, if you do that, like you have to go to the community tab. That's where all the the early content is found on you. It's the dumbest system ever. They asked me for my feedback on it, and I shared it with them. Hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so anyway. You see now uh, they've started doing this thing where if you're using an ad blocker on YouTube, YouTube will artificially tax your CPU. No, I didn't to see to slow that. your computer down. No. And it's starting to happen to people who don't use ad blockers on YouTube but are using them in other tabs. Oh my gosh. 
Well, I, I know there's, there's a, huge, a reckoning coming. There's a whole war going on right yeah. now between Adblocker and YouTube mm-hmm. for a couple days there. Like the first like because look, I'll be honest with you. I have to use YouTube for work all day long. Mm-hmm. If I watched ads on YouTube, my productivity would be cut down by like 50 yeah. percent. So I do run an ad blocker on YouTube while I am working. And for like a day and a half last week, YouTube would show like the first three seconds of an ad mm-hmm. and then the ad blocker would well, zap You know it. what would convince me to use not use the ad blocker so much is if the commercials were sound balanced to the rest of the video. That would help. And it wasn't like, video, 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 video. Oh, yeah. This is like, yeah, like, yeah. like, it blows the fucking room out sometimes. I just, I mean, watching a 30 second ad to watch a 45 second video. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, especially because if, like, <laughs> like, the worst is when it's like, oh, I, I can't get back to the phone or the computer to skip the ad after five seconds. Right. And there's like, that you're doing something else, and there's a moment where you're like, this is still going. And oh, there going, are some ads. It's like two thirty. There are some ads on YouTube that are like five minutes yeah, long. It's crazy. And it's like there's sometimes where I'm watching YouTube and I fall asleep and I'll wake up and it will be eight minutes into like a twenty one minute ad about mm-hmm. like real estate in West Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah. But it's like the, you know, they've basically made their own bed on that one. Yeah. It's like you sold yourself on the whole thing that you're better than actual TV because mm-hmm. you don't have to watch commercials all the time. And then you realize that commercials exist for a reason. Well, commercials are worse, I believe, now worse on YouTube than they are watching oh, television. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. the other part about it is, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but... Also because at least you know when the commercial's coming and all the shows have to, like, design themselves. Whereas, like, you know, they pop up. You know, if you don't want to take the time, who does want to take the time to put all the ads in specific places? I do they it. They just pop up in the middle of people's sentences. I, I do it. And it, the hard part is, like, you can put your ads in very specific places, and when you actually watch it, it'll be like Doesn't a second, work. it'll yeah. be like a three seconds off. And then it just ruins the whole thing. Yeah. I see that too, where sometimes, like, it's like, oh, you wanted it to be here, but it, see. it jumps in like five words before your sentence is over. And it, because even didn't. if you try, the real yeah. problem, though, Matt, is that users can insert ads wherever they want. Right. And so what they do is you watch an ad when the video first starts playing and then they insert their first ad at like a minute and five seconds. Because if you look at the data, most people when they watch a YouTube video, they watch it for like two minutes and then they close it and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So people are trying to get that second ad view in there and it's this self, it's like a catch 22 because it's making the experience worse, which means people don't want to use it, which means they end up showing more ads. It's just this you know, I've as opposed to me who basically puts H bomber guy on as background noise. Yeah, hours and hours yeah. and hours. I think what they're just trying to do is make the experience so awful that everybody you have just, to subscribe. Everyone to just starts paying the ten dollars a month for YouTube, whatever it is, plus what, or whatever the hell they call which it. Which, in in the words of Michael Caine, never. Yeah. Well, also the problem there is that if you, okay, say you like Sifted and you're like, man, you know, I turn off my ad blocker when I watch Sifted because I want to make sure Shane and crew. Yeah, get it doesn't revenue. help the the people you're watching at nope. all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any answer to it, honestly. I don't think they're ever going to find a solution for no. it. The thing that cracks me up are the other people is like, it's like, well, you're just like, you, you can't just better to even pirate it because then you're not, like, you're not using Google's bandwidth, you know, for no ads. I'm like, are you, are you defending Google? <laughs> like, what, Google who cares? Google, like, Google, by the way, in West LA, bought this shopping mall, legendary shopping mall that had been there for decades and had a great movie theater there that was like a mile away from where I live. Google like bought the Fox it. Fox Hills one? No, the one right on Pico, right over here in West LA. Oh, that Westfield place? Yeah, yeah okay. right across the street right. from Apple Pan or whatever. Yeah. Google bought it, a huge shopping mall, three floor shopping mall, gutted yeah. it, built this crazy headquarters, got about 80% done with it, and realized that nobody goes to work anymore. Yeah. And they've just left it there. They've literally just spent like. Oh, they created a, a new husk. A yeah. billion dollars. 
that they just were like, whatever, we'll just write it off. And you're worried about watching an ad on YouTube. (laughs) The other problem, too, is that if people subscribe, it's hard for us to get money to get paid because you have to physically go and say, oh, I like Sifted. I like Game Face. I like Pactor Factor. I want to make sure that they're getting revenue. You have to do that. You have to physically go and do it. It doesn't just automatically Mm -hmm. say, oh, you're watching Sifted, so we're going to send some money to them. That's not how it works. You have to go and basically say, yes, I want to make sure some of my subscription money goes to Sifted. Who's going to do that? I wouldn't blame you guys if you didn't do that. So, yeah, YouTube, it's, you know, I've talked about YouTube since I launched Sifted. It's one of the big reasons game trailers went away. They stole all all of our content, and we're serving it without ads, and people went there to watch it instead of watching it Mm -hmm. anyway. Not a fan of YouTube. If you have four hours for H-Bomber Guy's plagiarism video, it's eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. It still blows my mind to this day that YouTube won the lawsuit against Viacom. It is remarkable. It is insane that they won that lawsuit. They literally stole... You you understand why the AI people are like bold enough to be like, hey, it would be really great if copyright didn't apply to us because otherwise these things don't work. Yeah. And it's like, oh, because it worked. They got that basically the same thing before with YouTube, so why not try it again? YouTube built its business with everyone else's content Mm -hmm. and never paid anyone a penny. Mm -hmm. It's insane that they won that lawsuit. And they still do that with all the, even the big YouTubers are like, yeah. They still rip off. Like, you go in and you all you find content all over the place where people are serving ads and it's not the person who created it. Everyone's like, how come Mr. Beast does all these, these, like, you know, these tie in and promotional things? Because that's where his money comes from, not YouTube. Yeah. That's why we have so many sponsorships. Like, is he making more money from YouTube than. Like probably everyone else on YouTube. Yeah, is he making the money you think Mr. Beast has from that? No. Because his outlay that. for every video is at least half a million dollars. Yeah, he's making that from sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Outside of, of YouTube, too. Absolutely. Like, you know, like yeah. there's a reason he has his own chocolate bar. Yeah, exactly. And he probably has, like, energy bars and, like, supplements yeah. and all the other stuff that the internet people sell. I mean, get pay- get get that bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, you gotta get paid. Strike it when work. it's hot, because he's not gonna be hot forever. That's like, true. He's got, this is his window. Well, the funny part is he's actually busted his ass for so long. Yeah. He was one of the first YouTubers. And I mean, I, yeah, I remember be- that was the funny thing when I saw some of my friends' kids watching him. I'm like, is that the same guy? It from, is. It was like, I was like, I, cause I remember him from way back. Yeah. I mean, he paid his dues. I, I got, I love Mr. Beast, honestly, whether you like his videos or not, he's doing good for people and mm. he paid his dues. So yeah, like there's two ways to see, like, I know, I understand that people are just like, well, he's just like really rich and he's doing it only for this number of people. And he's not solving anything. Yeah. But he is drawing attention to the problem. He you know? restored hearing in like hundreds of people, yeah. but like who else thing, could say they did that? But also like, you know, the, I, the hope there I think is that like he used, you know, it's, there's publicity and raising the awareness that this is a thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. And then maybe other people step in and sure. try to make it more sustainable Absolutely. or more, or more widespread or make it give it more act you know like that's like that's the purpose of like matt damon being so vocal about uh clean drinking water right is like matt damon saying that is not going to solve anything matt damon doing a photo op like working with some of these people like at some in some country is not going to solve that country's water problem but it raises the visibility you get extra donations you get people that are yeah. fans to like care about people that, pay attention. that issue. Yeah. that's how that works yeah mr beast in my opinion is good people so i've got nothing but love for that guy um so anyway, um, just a heads up on what's happening on YouTube right now. And if you are one of our subscribers, then you know on YouTube that you have to go to our community tab to find the videos. It's so dumb. Like it should just be like you go to our list of videos. And if you're a subscriber, the videos are at the top for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a little icon on them. Like we have like a little star to show you that like that's for our subscribers. It's very simple. I don't know why YouTube will do it. Again, they asked me for my feedback and I gave it to them. Let me tell you. Uh, so anyway... 
Um, so yeah, pack your questions. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> we're taking questions for pack. It's funny how we go on tangents. <laughs> there are, we're taking questions for Pactor Factor right now. Uh, you can do that on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. You can do it on our community tab on our YouTube page. I mean, you can do it on sifted.net. You can do it on our Patreon page as well. Get those questions in. We shoot on Friday, so you guys got a little bit of time. So if you want to think about them, um, you have a couple days here to uh, sort it out before we have to go and shoot with the Pac-Man. Um, with that, let's get into housekeeping in earnest. First thing we're going to talk about, and it's the timing of this is very odd, Matt, because I just showed off a brand new DualSense Edge controller last week that Justin Horman very graciously sent to me for for the holiday for a holiday gift. And then literally the next day, I'm curating, and this story comes across the wires. And as it turns out, PlayStation is working on an updated version of the DualSense controller called the DualSense. V2. Now, my everybody in London got a little nervous about that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my guess is that it'll eventually just replace the pack-in with... Probably, like similar to the slim PS5. Yeah. So if you're wondering if this is legit, um, we, we, we try to vet stuff before we run it on Game Face, as you know. Um, this was a listing on Best Buy Canada's website. So... That's a pretty damn good sign that this is real. Yeah. And they took it down, actually. So here's the other thing. They took it down after the story broke, and then PlayStation never issued anything saying that that's mm -hmm. not true. So we so, have to see that in the next day to play, basically. Pretty much. That'd be my guess. Yeah. So it's called the DualSense V2 controller. They're saying, at least the listing, was selling for the same price as the mm -hmm. existing DualSense, except it has double the battery life, 12 hours of the DualSense, which if you remember last week... Yeah, that sounds more like four hours to me. Right. <laughs> Right. by my dual sense right exactly if you remember last week i talked about the dual sense edge my big complaint with it was his battery life yeah, i mean yesterday i played the grand the grand blues fantasy demo, relink yeah and i didn't have my usually i have my uh my controller plugged into my laptop to keep it charged mm -hmm. and i didn't this time because my laptop was elsewhere uh updating and it was out of batteries by the end of the demo it yeah. was down to one bar and flashing and like that was like two hours my DualSense Edge, I've actually started paying more attention to it. It does feel like it gets like three hours before it's mm -hmm. like I'm starting to get the alerts. And that's what like the, the rumbles turn off. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like I saw some, some tweets uh, this week where people are like showing the pro controller for the Switch and be like, how does this thing, I charge it once and it stays charged for like three months no matter how much I play. But I'm like, well, that's pro part of it, I'm sure, is because it doesn't have any fucking lights on it. It doesn't have any lights. And also, the rumble the in rumble it is rumble is not awful. as advanced. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have a, a, a touch screen on the thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff not drawing power on that. But it lasts forever. It does. I literally think, though, that, like, the and N60... it holds that charge. I know. It's crazy. Like, I haven't... Yeah. Sometimes... Like, there have been times I haven't touched that Switch controller in months. And I pick it up, and it's still fully charged. You have to have not bumped it, though. If you bump mm -hmm. it at all or move it, it actually wakes up and wakes will drain up, the battery. Yeah, that. <laughs> you have to, like, leave it someplace where like you can't put it on the couch where if you sit on the couch it'll jostle it a little bit and like wake it up or whatever um so anyway already they're coming out with a new controller uh, the battery life of the dual sense i think they needed to yeah that it. is the, that is the thing that needs improvement yeah another thing that was in the listing is that it comes with a charging dock hmm. so my big my big question about this is how is it the same price that's where I'm like, I don't know. This don't know. that's what I mean, sounds shady might, to me. This might actually be finally a, an example of the components for the that, you know, four year old controller now finally going down in price. That's true. Um because yeah. you know, the chips, you know, the, the the components on that might drop in price. They're not chips. Mm -hmm. Chips are always gonna stay up there in these days. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, that that could be. 
Um, my problem is like I don't have any room in my entertainment center for a dock. I don't know anywhere to yeah. put that. I haven't you know. had one of those since. Well, no, my PS4 I had a, a controller charging dock. Yeah, I don't, I've never had one of those. I I have. I mean, I have the dock for the Switch because what uh, what choice do you have? I got it at Packer's party. Oh, it's what, yeah, it was a yeah. gift bag. That's right. You probably had one. You just never set it up. Yeah, it's probably in a bag in the garage somewhere. <laughs> it's probably so. still in the yeah. Packer party bag in the garage. <laughs> but he gave them to everybody at his party one time. That and a couple other things. So um, I have had one. It was kind of annoying, more annoying. Like, what ended up, ended up happening is I just had one controller that I never used. It just constantly sat in the charging dock. <laughs> I never took it out and played it. I just kept recharging the one that I was using. Um, so anyway, if you, like us, aren't 100% happy with the battery life of the DualSense controller for PlayStation 5, it does look like relief is on the way. The fact that there was a listing on Best Buy Canada already means it's probably coming pretty soon. Yeah. Like, next month or two would be my guess. And you're right. Probably next day to play, they'll announce it or something. Shadow dropped. Exactly. <laughs> and it's there. Um, but I think this is good Download news overall. Download it now. Right. So I think this is good news overall. The price, I'm, I would be surprised if it's the same price. But you're right. Mm-hmm. The cost of stuff does go down over time. Maybe the offsets of what the stuff yeah, is now cheaper, I, they can add. I would imagine that dock is real cheap. Yeah. So, it's probably just a piece of one little piece of plastic that just yeah. plugs into or whatever. Yeah. So anyway... Dual probably didn't even come with the cord. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> like Apple. Well, it's probably, a, I mean, it probably doesn't. It's probably just like plug the cord that came with your controller into the PS5. No, you're probably right, actually. The, no, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yep, you're probably right. Yep. So anyway, that's the DualSense V2 controller. My guess is you'll be hearing more about it very, very soon. Uh, next up, more cultural stuff. Um it feels like every week I'm disappointed by it. dignify this behavior with that word. Yeah. I feel like every week I'm disappointed at least once in us. Like, our people. Gamers. Man, people my who, people. people who, I, I know I, I hate <laughs> to say that, but in a lot of ways they are. They do have a lot of similar interests that we do. I don't and care like, who's similar interests And like it or is. not, people do corral us together into one group of people, the gamers or whatever. Nope. Not but me. You, but you know, Matt, I, I understand you're not like them, but... Other people look at gamers as just gamers. And I don't see people like looking at the people who did this as gamers just as chuds. Yeah. I mean, because this, this crosses all kinds of hobby lines into comic books and movies and it's TV true. and all that. Like, this isn't, this isn't less and less being assigned to people into a particular thing and more and more being assigned to a particular kind of person. Yeah. Which is good because that is accurate. It's true. Um, um, like, uh, by the way, the story is that the face actress for Mary Jane in Marvel Spider-Man 2 has been getting relentlessly harassed by gamers. Um, And this is a woman who's not used to working in this space. Well, she's just a face model. She was a face model for the first game, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem was that a bunch of dipshits, um, as is typical, uh, decided she's ugly in the new game. Because her (laughs) face looks different. And some people chalk this up to being like, oh, she's supposed to be older. They're all supposed to be older. They look different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main difference is because the the actual model, this woman, uh, was in a horrible car accident and had her jaw shattered and had to have it all reconstructed with plastic surgery. So she looks a little different. Yeah. And so she's and people were calling her work because she has a, she has a day job and sending her death threats and uh, like sh- trying to show up at where she worked. And, and it was it's horrible. And she had to go on social media and basically tell everyone that not that this was happening and to knock it off. 
And I don't know if they actually knocked it off. Um, hopefully she got the police involved somehow. Not that they really do anything in these situations. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they ever do anything. Um, well, because it's just like, well, we can't do anything until they hurt you, basically. Well, the other problem, too, is that a lot of times the people who are doing the harassing are outside of their jurisdiction. Right. They're, some, they're in some other state or in some other country, and they're like, well, we don't have any power there. We can't do anything for you. And, they, and as you said, the chuds mm-hmm. know this, and they know that they can get away with it. Until it comes down to violence, in reality, it seems like the authorities just don't care. They often don't. Um, and it's, you know, it's uh, pathetic. It really is pathetic. Um, another example. It's like, you don't have to like what Mary Jane looks like in the game, but what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, it's just astounding how, I don't even, I don't have the words for it. Like, and some of it's just like the, the pure entitlement, the, the belief that by being enough of an online asshole, you can change the thing that you don't like into the thing you like. It's mm-hmm. like, like one of the worst things that I think that ever happened in terms of this behavior is them changing the Sonic the Hedgehog CG model in the movie. I agree. Because all of a sudden, all these like, dumb oh. asses, That and the Zack Snyder Justice League cut yeah. are the two things that are like, all of these idiots believe that they can... If change they, If they just scream and hit hard enough, that these corporations will change this thing to what they want it to be. Yeah. And more often than not... That is not true. Yeah. And in the case of, you know, I mean... the, the Now, to be fair, I will say the new Sonic looked better than the old one. Oh, it did, absolutely. <laughs> and I will say, I, they have never admitted it, uh, but I will put money on the fact... That CG model was ready to go. Yeah. Like, they, they're... Had, oh, yeah, I mean, there was so an internal, quickly. There yeah. was an internal debate over which Sonic... T- yeah. That had to be. For sure. Had yeah. to be. Because they came up and with the, the new one so quickly. And the Snyder Cut was just, you know, Warner Brothers desperately wanted something to draw eyes to HBO Max at the time. Yeah. And now we've got, we've got numbers that say that basically 2.2 million people watched that. They spent $100 million on that, 2.2 million people. You know how many people watched Mandalorian Season 3? 22 million. Yeah. So it was not worth it at all. Yeah. And there's no reason to, to fuck with this woman and act like it's somehow her fault that she looks the way she looks um, just because you think it doesn't look good. It's it's insane. It's well, I feel literally like social, insane. I feel like social media has given fans agency where they feel like they are in control well, of I mean, their I think the art. delusion of agency. Right. Um, in some cases, it has happened though, and that's a da- you're right. That's a dangerous precedent to set. Even though, again, the new Sonic looked better than the old Sonic, and in this case, the fans were right. They're not going to be right most of the time. No, I want the artist to make their art, and it's always going to be. It's never going to be something where it's like the fans said this thing, so we're going to start from scratch to change it to be what they said it should be because that's not what happened. In oh Sonic. no, they're going to find the quickest, dirtiest way. <laughs> that was an argument that they were having in production over what Sonic should look like. And yeah. when the fans revolted against that first trailer, I believe the director wanted him to look the way he ended up looking, more like the game. Mm-hmm. And the, you saw the director tweeting that day about, like, hang on, we're going to figure it out. Like, like that, that that dude lost a fight with the producers at the studio and now realized he could win. Yeah. That's, I, I, will, I would bet money on that. They've never talked about that and they never will until, until everyone's so old their, their, their careers are over. And again, you can talk about it and it doesn't matter. Maybe we'll hear yeah. about it in like 20, 30 years. But, like, I believe that that's what happened there. Well, the other angle of it, too, is And they've got three movies out of it now, so it was the right decision, but don't ever believe that that happened out of, from from whole cloth, because people complained about it on Twitter. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, you have people, there's so many things that are run by Patreons and Kickstarters and things like that, that people literally have skin in the game now. Mm -hmm. It's different. And so I feel like they, they feel that they have agency. And that they should be able to tell the creators how they should be creating. 
Yeah. Um, I look. I think, and that's always existed to some degree. I mean, if you look at the old Marvel letters pages back in when we were kids, mm-hmm. there's still there's people writing in shit like that at the time. You'd see that with old game magazines. You know, look at the late '80s game magazines, and you're gonna see tons of. I, I could drag up scans of it at some point. It might be fun to do that at some point. Like people in the, in the, the when the about the NES, the NES had been out for like a year, like late '80s, very late '80s. I can do video games, computer entertainment magazine. Almost every month, there's a letter in one of those letter col- the letters column talking about how creativity and 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 innovation in video games are dead and are never coming back because everything's a Mario clone now, yeah. and Nintendo has killed video games. <laughs> like that is an actual like every, yeah. every month, there's someone saying that about how like, all the innovation of the old days and the Atari 2600 and the old arcades is gone, and now we're stuck with all this cookie cutter crap on consoles, and it'll never be good again. Yeah, it's the same shit you hear today too. Yeah, every every. Every time yeah and no one had to listen to those people then and they shouldn't have because they were wrong and they're wrong now too and yeah i want can, the artist to make the and art unfortunately honestly. screaming into the wind is does not take the form of a uh, pointless letters to the editor column that nobody reads anyway and now it's like you know someone with a million followers on well, it's because of social media YouTube. social media has changed everything mm. uh-huh i mean and we, the fact that the outrage farming is effective it is like these people get a million two three million views on their stupid like you know, Mary Jane's Ugly Now video. Yeah. And that's all they do. Yeah. That's all they One that, after That's another. your existence. And I'm sure some of those people probably didn't start out as horrible, horrible dipshit assholes, but they've become that. Because of money. Because, because they've realized that's how well, they can because make they money. immerse themselves in this every day. You can't, yeah, you can't avoid being affected either. by because that. Because you're also watching everybody else's outrage videos, yeah. and it you can't help but be influenced. And every by all it. these people are giving you positive feedback for doing that because they feel all the like they feel left behind or shorted by what they the industry has become. I'm just like, man, I've been here since longer than you dipshits have been alive. Yeah, and I think it's better than ever. So I don't yeah. know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, it's um, it's it. I mean, we're in a time we've never really dealt with this before. Like again, the combination of crowdfunding thing. And social media where everybody has a voice. And in some cases, like if you have a million followers on Twitter or whatever, and you tell your followers to not buy something or not go see something, that matters. It can. I mean, you could do the math very simply. If it's a film and you're like, don't go see this film, and you do the math and it's like 15 times like 800,000 or whatever, that's a lot of money. It is, but it's not enough to matter in a blockbuster thing. I mean, it worked for, for Sonic. Well, it worked for Sonic in the sense that but everybody was pissed everybody off. Everybody like that. Also, like you know, the chuds were not the only ones mad about it. It was everyone who thought Sonic should look like Sonic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different situation. I mean, I think you and I also agreed that the oh, first yeah. Sonic looked it was weird. A ter- terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. But like, you know, if that was how they decided, that's how they decided. And you know, and that's happened in adaptations of things to plenty yeah. of times. But like, you know, there, there was a time when like Hellboy would come out, and you're like, wow, he looks like the character. I recognize who that is. You know, that, Spawn was <laughs> was notable in 1997 because they didn't change the look of the character. I don't understand how they find Mary Jane unattractive in the game. Know. She's so hot AF. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, look, beauty is obviously in the oh, eye of the beholder or whatever, but, like, but I mean, <laughs> she looks pretty damn good in Spider-Man 2. I mean, does she look like, you know, no one in that game looks like a supermodel. No one no. in that game looks they like, look a, like, like a human Hollywood. beings. They look like people. Yeah. yeah. And that's... And there's, I know there's people that's like, well, that's not the point of a comic book, but it is like, like okay, it's so like, yeah, I know everybody draws everyone like they're in a figure drawing class and everyone has 0% body fat, but like, it doesn't mean that that's how they have to look in every medium. Who decides what the point of anything is? Nobody. The artist gets to decide that. You as mm-hmm. a fan, me as a fan, I don't get to choose that. 
The, the artist chooses what yeah. the intention of the art and is. And back in the day when Rob Leefield would take over a book you cared about, your only option was to stop buying it. Yeah. Because, like, I couldn't look at that crap. Yeah. yeah so I would, you know, that was the maybe end of Maybe you the, wrote, you hand wrote your letter in and maybe. Not it, it, even that. Like, <laughs> Some people will, It though. was the style at the time. And so I was yeah. like, okay, now he's on New Mutants and I yeah. read New Mutants for 90 issues, but I'm going to stop now because I can't look at this man who can't draw feet. Yeah. Well, here's one thing I know for sure. Y'all aren't the ones doing this. You guys are all great people. I see you guys interact on Sifted every day. This is not your MO. So we're not calling you guys out and saying do better or anything like that. But there are some people who maybe watch our show on YouTube that might be doing this stuff. (laughs) And you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to step back and be an adult. And you need to stop. It's insane. Leave these people alone. She's just a face model. Yeah, whine about it online all you want, but leave the actress alone. Like, yeah. what the hell is it? What the, What are you doing? <laughs> what are you what doing? Stop making the rest of us look bad, man. We've, we've Matt and I and people you are. Know, age- I, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't hold with that. I, you don't make me look bad because I ain't you. I, and I'm not. I don't. I feel I. I do look bad to some people. My family does not delineate Shane the gamer from gamers. Well, they I'm also just a they gamer. also don't know that anyone's harassing Mary Jane's face model. So I think they know fine. that stuff like that happens for sure. Sure, but like whatever. Yeah. Like uh, I always go back to an old Chris Rock bit. Where um, and, and this is kind of the same thing with like you know where people are like oh men do this da, 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 and all these you get all these like not all men blah, 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 yeah. blah. and like I don't get that way because I don't think that and the reason whether and I realized later the reason is this thing that Chris Rock did where he was it's an old I mean it's twenty years old or maybe more now mm-hmm. but he's talking about like how nasty and obscene and gross like lyrics in hip hop and club club songs if you just be. say the word yeah, instead of rapping and he's, and he's like <laughs> you see these women that are like super empowered and like you know feminists and they want the, the, and then they're in the club dancing to songs like slap with the dick slap with the dick slap <laughs> yeah, with I remember the dick. that bit and, he's, and you're like and I was like don't, don't you find this like kind of offensive like isn't this sort of like really gross that that's and, and every one of them that I asked is the same thing he ain't talking about me right slap with the dick slap with the dick and I'm just like yeah they ain't talking about me so why would I be offended? They're not talking about me. Uh, I do know that people in my family, when they hear gamer, the first person, they, their first thing they think of is me. Yeah, well, they don't think of that with me because I've never called myself that. I don't either. In fact, I would not use the word gamer for no. probably the first 18 years of my career. I refused to use the word gamer. I would always mm-hmm. use player or players. Well, you can- And it drove the marketing <laughs> department at MTV bonkers oh i'm sure they're like no we need to use gamers gamer, don't gamer, use gamers gamer. it's a derogatory yeah, by that term. point it was that point yeah yeah and then the um uh or you could go back to the old uh, early computer entertainment vg and ce days where they really really tried to make computerist yeah. catch on <laughs> i kind of like uh, that. arnie Katz really wanted computerist to well, be the it term does cast a wider net yeah i would consider myself because a well, his, well, his uh his rationale was that that's what we call people who play other things like a pianist or a right, guitarist right. or like okay yeah, kinda, and so, so we're computerists because we play that i'm like bro i i appreciate what you're doing i see there. what you're trying to do here but, but but <laughs> yeah so anyway be better people i, I one thing i was going to say matt before you you kind of jumped in and, and explained something was that like i feel like we fought for this like you and people our age we i feel like we fought through like the negative stereotypes of gamers the antisocial, the weirdo the i feel like you know we've come so far that to me, it's frustrating to see there are still some people among us that are trying to drag us back well, to always, those stereotypes. Yeah, but again, I think you're a little 
too in the bubble on this. I I don't. Everyone plays video games, and like the word yeah. gamer doesn't mean anything anymore unless you are using it to mean your identity as a person. Well, I think it's derogatory. And everyone who does anyone who does that is probably probably more likely to be in the group that's ha- harassing Mary Jane. Well, I think when um, people say gamer, they don't mean you know like our casual friends who play two video games a year. Right. I think they think of people who are like spend eight hours a day playing video right, games but i don't even think that because that's me to some degree but like what i think of when someone says gamer i think oh your entire personality is this hobby yeah and that's not me and that's not you i think that's what most people not, think it's yeah. not anybody that's not that's what people who are in that space think mm-hmm. i think most people don't really even care anymore like the the fact that this kind of behavior is happening like the red pill stuff the, the all that shit like that is very extremely online things. Most people don't know that's even happening. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, like the stigma, the stigma ha- comes up when like you know a mass shooter is a big game. He has a like, Doom you know. poster on his. I mean, wall. Yeah, I mean that goes back yeah. to Columbine, right? It does, like that's yeah. that, that's that's never going away yeah. because they they practiced while playing Doom, and like I don't think that work that would work really anymore because too many people in have played the general now. war have played world have played video games yeah. and know that playing a lot of Call of Duty is not going to make you a better shot in the real world. They also know that it's not going to make them go out and shoot people either. Right. Well, because because <laughs> they're playing Call of Duty and they're not shooting anyone. Yeah, uh, because there would be. Tens of millions of shooters. Right. Like, it's like, well, I mean, there's not tens there, of millions. There kind of are, Matt. It wouldn't, there, there, there's hundreds. Not because of games, but, but there's not tens of millions. You know, yeah. If that was an actual connection, especially when, you know, the, the funny thing about that is the fact that they blame the most popular games on the planet, oh, like yeah. Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. It's like, if Grand Theft Auto Five was causing actual <laughs> sociopathic murderous behavior, our society would be in ruins. We'd all be dead. Like, <laughs> like, this, you're right. They do always pick the most popular. Yeah. They should pick this like weird, obscure, like yeah, like, like Slender like Man the, yeah, game or blame something. like that hatred game <laughs> right, or something. Yeah. Like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 only like the Chuds play that. Let's yeah, say that yeah. like, that would be a more. Bl- but they're not. After they're not the, smart enough. But also <laughs> the people, the, the media that gets mad about that shit are not after those people because that's their audience. Right. Oh, too so, There you there go. You go. <laughs> so anyway. Let's all be better. Let's just make that pledge. And if you see stuff like this going on out there, call it out. Um, next. I don't know how excited you are for this, Matt. I don't know how excited I am for this either, but Halo Season 2 on Paramount Plus <laughs> is about to launch. <laughs> it yeah, sta- won't go away. Huh? Season 2 starts on February the 8th. I on- saw a clip where he's fighting completely out of his armor. Oh really? Like he's not wearing any armor. It's wow! Just a guy in fatigues. And then the, the the actor who plays Master Chief went on and, and said like the people complaining about him not wearing the helmet are stupid because you can't emote in a helmet, which led to people posting endless clips <laughs> of actors emoting in helmets, helmets yeah. from the Mandalorian, or, from it. Power Rangers, yeah. from various Tokusatsu things in Japan, from anyone in a mask, yeah. from Jason, yeah, from, yeah. from Friday the I mean, 13th. I on and on. Yeah. Go, all, all the time. From an <laughs> interview with Katie Sackhoff, who said she prefers acting in the mask as Bo-Katan because she gets to focus on her body language. Yeah. Like... If you wanted to do Master or just clips of Master Chief from the Halo games where he does in fact evoke emotional responses and behaviors because the people animating him know how to do that. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. The I, real problem is you have to be skilled. Yeah, like I yeah. 
It's just a skill issue. It, it's challenging. There's, it's there's not easy. There's plenty of times I know what Iron Man's thinking, and he's got his 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 helmet on, or Spider Man, and he's got his mask yeah, on. Just by or, cocking his head a certain direction at the right time. Like right. it took Hollywood a long time to learn that about superheroes and masks and helmets, but like we got there. Like fucking yeah. Pablo pa- Pablo Pascal wasn't even in Mandalorian. Season no, three. you're right. Yeah, just voiced it, yeah. and it was fine. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, Master more than Chief fine. can do it. I it's promise. Way more than fine. More and more, it's just like God. Halo should have ended at three. Yeah, I and agree. Just, and and now, right now, should be the time they'd be thinking about bringing in Halo Four. Yeah, like we it's it laid dormant for like fifteen years. Now, what can we do with it? We're thinking about what to do with it. Like you know, wake. Imagine how much more impact "Wake Me When You Need Me" would have if yeah. they waited like no, you're ten right. years. Well, the it. funny part about it too is that like they've ruined it now. Right, <laughs> like it's too late. Like they've already shown their yeah. hand. Like, <laughs> well, especially the show. I'm never looking at that show. Yeah. seriously. Yeah. You know, like, it, well, the show itself, like the first season, I enjoyed the first couple episodes, and yeah, the, the more couple, I watched, like the it, first episode is like, oh wow, like that's that's might really be all well right. done. Like, and then the more I watched it, the less I liked it. Yeah, the more they made Master Chief into just some random guy, yeah. who happened to have armor, like it, it, I didn't recognize it. Anymore. Yeah, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like. And Halo. look, if you want to just tell an in the universe of Halo story about some ODST guy who like, yeah, like okay, cool, yeah. but like. Um, another option that I think I saw people talk about that I think would have worked is if the whole show was from the point of view of like an ODST squad and Master Chief was basically like this god striding through the battlefield at times. Yeah, yeah. And they slowly got involved with him as like sort of uh, they get stuck in an operation where they're stuck together or whatever. And like you slowly learn about the real version of Master Chief from them as they get to know him. The crazy and then part. maybe you could move on in a season two and have him be the central character because you've established who he is and what people see him as. Yeah. Um, I mean, the crazy part is they figured it out already. They did. They made Halo ODST. Yeah. Like, they already understand this. Like, they were the Rogue One before Rogue One. Yeah. And the and the, <laughs> the universe can support that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is there's other stories. To, I mean, the, the you know, 343 should learn that, too. There's stories to right. tell in this universe that do not require Master Chief at the center of it. Yeah. Um, but and on this TV either, show, though, and either you. shit or get off the pot with the Cortana thing. Like yeah, either yeah. do something with her or don't. They like, can't let it her took go. Three away. games. She's to, too popular. Yeah. People love her too much. Uh, if you haven't figured out, by the way, this B-roll we're showing you is not from the TV show, the Paramount Plus no. show. Because if we show you that, we'll get copyright flags. Yeah. Also, you face. can tell because he's got his helmet on. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, season two is launching on February 8th. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the first episode. I completely I, fell off by the time the end I of the first not. season one came. I can't imagine. I got other things to watch. Yeah. Um, and I'm not paying money for sure to watch it. Oh, no. Is that Paramount? Paramount Plus, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think I do still have Paramount Plus, but just for Star Trek, really. By the way, just in case you care, uh, they did put the whole first season up on YouTube to watch for free to try mm-hmm. to sucker you in so you go and pay for season two. So if you do want to watch the first season which, of Halo, you can right which now. Which might be the worst way to try to get me to watch season <laughs> exactly. two by showing me season one. They probably should have just put the first episode yeah, up. The first episode is pretty solid Halo work. Yeah. And then it just and then, of, <laughs> like it becomes like it feels like, did you just want to make like a spinoff of The Expanse or something? Because like it's it feels just, except not nearly as good as the expanse. Yeah. Like I, it's so weird. The yep. way. So anyway, Master Chief doesn't fuck. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> like that's just not. Yeah, he really doesn't. He like sh- no, yeah, like, he shouldn't. Like the the closest relationship he has was was with an AI in his head. Yeah, <laughs> literally in his head. He yeah. puts the chip in his head. So anyway, there you go. Halo, the TV show, season two, launching February eighth on Paramount Plus. I feel like we talk about this next game every single episode of Game Face because we do. And 
love it or hate it, talk trash about it all you want. I will say this, Warner Brothers and Rocksteady know how to make sure that their game is in the news every single week. I think it has been in housekeeping on Game Face literally the last like eight episodes straight. Yeah, but... There's always some little tidbit about it. In the same way that you know that you can always get KTLA to go live if you get in a car chase. Right. You know, (laughs) it doesn't mean a good thing happening. (laughs) That's true. That's absolutely true. And in fact, the news from this week also was not good. So Rocksteady, as you guys know, did the Batman Arkham games that are just basically everybody loves. And now we're getting the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. like cooperative third-person shooter thing that they have been fighting with the game as a service tag all along, saying it was never a game as a service. It's not a game as a service. It's just yeah. a cooperative and then, shooter. And then you look at the loot they were people were posting up, and it's like, guys, well, who, who in the world do you think you're fooling? Yeah. Like clearly they stripped the game as a service stuff out of it. Yeah, that's but exactly come what happened. On. <laughs> Come on. So last year it was supposed to come out. Like they had given us a solid release date. There was nothing hinting that it was not going to come out. And then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, we're delaying it a year. And people are like, wait a minute. Like, what would you have to delay a game for a year for? Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, the reason they delayed it a year was because they were stripping out the gear scores from (laughs) the game, which is literally the epitome of games as a service. Yeah. Like when you that's see the grind. that is that is games as a service. Gear scores is the mm-hmm. most obvious thing you can have in your game to designate it as a game as a service. Like that's the grind. That's what it is. Raising the gear yes, score. Yes, that's what it is. And so they spent the last year going back stripping out all that stuff so that when it finally releases people like us won't say mm-hmm. it's a game as a service. Well, <laughs> the problem is the thing they should have done is strip out the gear <laughs> exactly because I don't know if you've seen some of these things that people were posting of like you know the, the different high level gear things. I haven't seen it. No, uh, my favorite one. It was an axe, but it is Poison Ivy's mm. axe. It is Poison Ivy's famous iconic ice magic infused battle axe <laughs> that freezes enemies. Just what you said. And then Poison does Ivy. melee damage, <laughs> and it's like. What? Uh-huh. I, but also, so all, and also, there's, so there's something else that somebody else figured out on Twitter. Unfortunately, I don't remember who, what their name was, but they're like, just another note on the poison ivy axe. It does ice. It does ice. It freezes enemies and does melee damage because it's an axe, right? Yeah. In Suicide Squad, apparently, uh, according to this person, ice, while it does freeze enemies, makes them less susceptible to melee damage. <laughs> So the the special effect of the weapon makes it do less damage. I yeah. People who watch this show regularly know that I try to give the benefit of the doubt to developers and sort of re- and give them the respect that I think they they deserve. So I I really try not to kind of go in this direction often. But like Rocksteady, what the fuck were you doing for nine years? I know, man. Who who wants this? Well, here's the other thing. So, what tur- the hell is going on with this game? Here's another news tidbit that came out this week around Rocksteady. Is that remember how there were those rumors all along that they were working on the Superman game? Everyone thought that they're making Superman. So I understand that was not true. They never worked on it. Yeah, they've never worked on it. So this is reporting from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. And we always like to give credit for good reporting. Jason Schreier reported this yesterday on Bloomberg that they never even touched a Superman game. Mm-hmm. Um, they were working on some other random multiplayer game based on just some unique IP that whole time. And then it was canceled and killed. Mm-hmm. Also, well, because Montreal was working on the Suicide Squad game, right? Because like the yep. Suicide Squad tease at the end of Arkham Origins, yep. which was by them. Yep. 
and that game has been canceled. Yeah. So once Rocksteady started working on its Suicide Squad game, WB Montreal continued working on its game. But eventually, I, I, my guess is a lot of the feedback that they got from this game, they're like, let's just kill that other one. Well, and I believe, I, my feeling is that that Suicide Squad game probably became Gotham Knights. It, I think you may be right. Yeah. Because it makes sense. Yeah, the framework. <laughs> it does. I mean, Absolutely. Yep. You know. Yep. So anyway, um, Suicide Squad's coming out soon. It's like February 2nd or Yeah, beginning of the month. Yeah. yeah. Here in like a couple weeks, it's finally coming out. So... Chances are it probably won't be in housekeeping again. Next time we talk about it, we'll be talking about what... I mean, God knows what can happen between now and next week. <laughs> You're I mean, right. They could delay it for another year. Who knows? Um, it seems like Warner Brothers is just like, do whatever the hell you want. Because, I mean, they've had this studio sitting around not releasing anything for almost a decade at this point. And seem to be okay with it. But anyway, it does come out Makes in a couple weeks. Makes you wonder weeks. what happens next. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that like they put out those previews last week. And um, it was almost unanimously panned by the major mm-hmm. publications. I've never seen previews like that. It's I very rare. I can't remember the last time so many out, like major outlets were like, this sucks. Yeah, like it's you, very rare. Especially for a big name game with a big license with a big publisher like and you know usually it's just like sort of that that sort of bland like well there's some issues but there's still some time to polish it kind yeah, of thing. or they could fix it they could because fix they it could pa- there could be a day one patch kind of, you almost never see just Over like this sucks negativity i don't like playing preview. this yeah which like you did except i think only game informer was positive they're con- they're more positive yeah. <laughs> but still not especially positive and that prompted warner brothers to just lift the embargo lift the embargo and then all the people's like yeah i didn't like this game very yeah. much it was just like it didn't work like, like what the hell like there are people that i've seen that are like dev- like they like it snyder cult level devotee yeah. like this game rules and there's a there's a campaign to to hate it and make it no just most people don't like it yeah like there's no camp no one's vindictive towards no one's it. Get, I, I wish yeah. it wasn't yeah. But like, yeah, I never thought this looked good, and nothing they ever showed made it look any better to me. I mean, when I, they first showed I, the I mean, game, it, actually, like, graphically it looked good. I, oh yeah, I mean, but I, now I was going to so say, say I, I mean that in terms of a game I <laughs> yeah. want to play. Like visually, it looks amazing. Like, At first, it really looked amazing, but now games have kind of caught up to it, and it doesn't. It's not a stunner anymore. I don't. I think, think. I think it is still a stunner because yeah. there's still. I, I still think there's. I don't think it's a stunner art direction wise. So I think it's kind of ugly in terms of art direction, but in yeah. terms of tech, like visual tech. I think it's up there with. It's with a good looking game because, like, when I first saw yeah, it, like, so yeah, I was it's like, not. Whoa. It's not like Avatar or anything. You know, yeah. it's not on that level. But like, very few games are still on this level. You know, it's That's still true. a game that was made for next gen hardware and the current. You know, the yeah. the, the new the new. It was one of the first announced games. Yeah. So I think it specifically still, was. I think it for. still looks real good. Yeah. In, in that, I don't think. I think it's ugly aesthetically. Yeah. But in terms of the the, the tech. graphical tech, I think it looks great. Yeah. They're doing some really interesting stuff there. Well, not much longer um, to wait. Again, just a couple weeks away until the game comes out. We'll be talking about it here on Game Face in the very near future. I hope the story future. is somewhat good because, like, you know, usually the story in these Warner Brothers games are actually pretty good because they get, like, real DC Writers, people yeah. to get involved and do this stuff. It sounds, like, needlessly edgelordy so far, but, like, there's so many leaks and contradicting things about what happens in the story that I think all we really know is what we've seen from the the, the demo. I mean, I... I I do think it's bizarre that that's how they decided to end the Arkhamverse. Like the the the, the museum tour of yeah. what happened post Arkham Knight is just bonkers. Yeah, that is bonkers. Like, yeah. why is that your send off for the? Like, why did why, why did would we, Rocksteady want? Why to do did that? we go through all yeah. that? And that's <laughs> how the character ends. Like, what? Yeah, why? I agree what, with you. Yep. Why is this not just its own thing? I don't know. It's so weird. They've handled this whole thing all wrong from the yeah. beginning. 
Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like I know the Rocksteady person at some I think the last couple of days was like, Yeah, don't expect more Batman games from Rock like that's probably not gonna happen. It's like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? They're gonna work on some random multiplayer. Even if you're not having Rocksteady do it, why aren't you putting fucking Batman games out? I don't know. Because they sell like crazy. And they're still doing something because they just put the patents in Batsuit in Arkham Knight. I know. That's yeah. a nine-year-old game that what just got hell? new DLC. What it's are you so doing? It's weird. It's so weird. I hear you. So anyway, a couple weeks, and we'll be able to find out for good what's up with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, next up, um, we've been talking about AI a little bit here on Game Face over the last six months or so because it's a big topic in games. Developers using AI to, to develop games. Is it ethical? Is it not ethical? Um, is it okay to take jobs away from people? We've talked about how automation has taken jobs away in tons of other sectors in business, and mm-hmm. people don't care about that, but they do care about art a little bit more. Um, and we just had the big actor strike where nobody could produce any video content, basically. For how long did that strike end up lasting? That was like eight, nine eight, months. Eight or nine months, yeah. Um, and SAG-AFTRA, which is the union for the actors, was a big part in that Hollywood strike. And they also play a big part in how games are produced as well. And SAG-AFTRA last week negotiated a deal for using AI to, is it to replicate voice or face? It's I think it was voice. Voice. And signed a deal with the production companies without talking to the actors very weird. They just went rogue, basically, and were like, oh, this is good enough. And now the actors are seeing the deal, and they're like, we never would have agreed to this. No. Like, how do you get away with that? I don't know. I am I mean, SAG is usually pretty hardline about, yeah. you know, they, they don't take their job lightly. Yeah. And usually they take real stands on what for, for actors and for even the small, like, extras. And, like, I mean, there's... You know, you dealing with SAG is like is the you know especially as a, as a producer who makes short films. Dealing with SAG is the scariest thing. Yeah, I they're do. hardballers. They, yeah, like if they d- decide they don't like you, or don't want to give you permission, or don't want to you know accept your paperwork, like your movie doesn't happen. Yeah, that's why like, coordinating producers people don't realize are maybe the most important person oh yeah. on production. Oh yeah, most people don't even know what a coordinating producer is, but they're the ones who handle all that crap. And if you don't have a good one, it could ruin your entire production. Yeah. If, if your SAG contact decides they don't like you. All like, it takes is one it. slip up, you're done. And so it's shocking to me that they have allowed this to happen. That they would just allow this deal that the actors are yeah, not I mean, This will definitely be amended somehow. Like the, the, the actors are not. And some of the big actors are not happy. But yeah. they shouldn't be. Like yeah, it wouldn't be either. You could just use my voice and not give me the money that I feel like I'm worth. Yeah, it's, that's it's crazy. A weird, like, I if you're theor- only a voice actor, well, the, theoretically, <laughs> there's like a whole thing where there's like, well, they'd have to do this or that. We would be, have a problem. It's like, well, why don't you just put that language in the agreement? Right. Like it's, it's 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 a little too case by case for something yep. that people. And again, I don't know why you trust anybody who wants to use AI for creative means because it's clearly it's clearly stealing shit. AI cannot create something new, like by definition. If it can't, if your AI can look at a bunch of existing art or existing movies or existing whatever and create something wholly new, you've created actual artificial intelligence. Right. And you A need to quarantine <laughs> that shit and B need to call the fucking FBI. Like like yeah. you've, you've revolutionized computer yeah. forever. Forever. Like, like that, In a dangerous you've, you've created sentient life. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler: that's, None of these AI things yeah, do that. They are just, they are basically just magazine collages of peop, other people's art. No matter right, no matter what that dude at Google tries to tell you, no, 
<laughs> no, what, are, you, what was that guy's name? He was like, oh yeah, I cre- we created sentient AI or whatever. And yeah, that's he ended up losing his job over it or nonsense. whatever. Nonsense. Absolutely yeah. nonsense. <laughs> and it, and whatever that's, if, if anyone ever does that, it ain't going to be mid-journey. Yeah, people. that's I mean, for sure. And yeah. now they're doing the whole thing. I mean, you had the mid-journey CEO and, and one of the chat GPT people being like, oh yeah, we can't actually make these things work if we have to obey copyright law. Yeah. Well, then I guess you can't make, make it, it work, work then, then, asshole. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> what? So please let us. And like, you've still got people. Take your shit. And you've still got people online that are going on and on about how, no, it's not stealing other artists. Not do that. It's like, well, then they just, then why are then they so worried about copyright law? Why are they mm-hmm. worthless without it then? Also, anytime yeah. anyone tries to talk up AI, chat GPT stuff for like creative work, script writing, screenwriting, uh, or any kind of art quote unquote you know, I mean really it's it's an image pooper is what it is. Yeah. It's not it's not creating art. It's yeah. just like creating a collage. Yeah. Anytime someone talks that show, look into their look in their timeline. Look at the other stuff they posted in the last year or two. You will always find NFT stuff. Oh yeah. Always. Oh crypto, find NFT definitely. Stuff. <laughs> Every, no because the it. NFT thing collapsed and they're on the new grift and that's yeah. AI. Well they went from crypto to yep. NFT to AI. Yep. It's just that is the pipeline. <laughs> so hilarious. And the trouble is the, the the trouble they're having with the AI thing is too many people know it's bullshit. And too many people that are involved in these these sort of same industry. Tricking someone into buying a JPEG of a of an ape. Yeah. Once you've already we've already pre weeded out the people who can't think critically because they're already buying so many cryptocurrencies. <laughs> that's pretty easy. Yeah. Trying to go to people who do this for a living yeah. and have you know solve logistical problems for a living in terms of you know production and art and all that and know what art should be and know how to frame a fucking shot which no computer knows. How to, yeah. Like look at all those AI things. Those are, oh um, you know Wes Anderson. First off, Wes Anderson's shots don't look like that. Yeah. Second, they're all centered. Yeah, everything uh, AI doesn't know how to frame a shot for an emotional impact yeah that's the and it never will it also doesn't know it will look like, indistinguishable from yeah. reality it'll look photorealistic but it will never be able to understand why things are it will never know why things are the way they are yeah, it can sure. only replicate yeah, and yeah. that is how you get not, uh, that's how you get stuff that's actually as stale and bad as the chuds want you to believe disney's star wars is right yeah it's true um and to be clear i don't put I don't put it past Disney to try using shit for. I mean, that may yeah, happen. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that. that well, we're already, above what it. we're seeing now with games is games come out and then they tell you, "Oh, we use this. We use AI to make mm-hmm. this. We use AI to make." They hardly ever discuss it before the game comes out. Then it comes out. They get called on it because it's not that hard to tell when stuff is built by AI. People see it. They're like, "That's AI," and they're like, "Yep." We did. We used AI yeah. for this, you, this, and this. And you'll see it more and more. You'll know, you see, like, look in the credits of current TV shows coming out. A lot of times you'll see, like, title sequences or whatever this designed by Midjourney or whatever. Really? It's more and more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the secret, the secret Invasion opening credits were, were AI really? generated. People freaked out about it because it's terrible. I mean, especially because, like, that show, man, that show was terrible. But, like, that show was about real people being replaced by shape-shifting right. aliens. <laughs> Hello? Oh, like, the irony. Yeah. I hear you. So anyway, I'm I'm kind of surprised that the games industry has decided to work with SAG after instead of starting its own union. I mean, no no actors would really want to join that separately. Probably you don't think that would probably also be even if you only work in the game space. No, no, because it seems like you would understand better. You, it would, no, the it needs. would no, it would limit it too much. Because like if you did that, then you'd only be able to work with that union, and there's a good chance that SAG after would be like you're either in our union or not. Or you're with them, mm-hmm. and like you, no one wants to limit themselves to that. Yeah, that's not a career. It just feels like SAG AFTRA was just like, yep, we'll just take over games, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, they're not, they're not talking about games for that. 
What do you mean? You mean, you mean like, I mean, they're just voice actors. Right. Yeah. There, are, there already is a voice actor guild and it's SAG. Yeah. Like, I don't, starting in separate one for games. Yeah, I guess you're right. Sense. For games in particular, the job's the same. Yeah. Whether would, you're voicing TV commercials or, I mean, look, or look, films. Look, or, usually the location's the same for that. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're, it's all the same recording studios, all the same actors. You don't want to limit yourself. I mean, there have been obviously non-union productions back before games were, you know, the, the original Metal Gear Solid was a non-union non-union job which is why everybody's name in that cast list is fake yeah you know camp clark is there as jimmy flinders and all the uh, i that, can always those, tell ai voice work oh, yeah. i can listen to it and tell it instantly like i'm surprised that they feel like this is a viable replacement i don't know i mean it's gonna get better obviously and like if you have permission and you have um if you have a template you're working from and someone has provided that, like, again, like the AI-assisted Darth Vader voice mm. is almost indistinguishable from the original Darth Vader voice. It's when you but use it's, it it's for longer stretches. But there's through a lot of vocal processing. That is a yeah. voice that's custom-made. Like, same yeah. with, like, like I think, I mean, it doesn't have to, but I would think it would be, it would be nice, especially now that he's gotten his Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award. At some point, Peter Cullen should probably license his voice to be AI created right. so for can, Optimus Prime. So it can go on. So yeah. when he's gone, you still have Optimus Prime. Yeah. Um, but again, Optimus Prime's voice goes through about 14 layers of vocoding, yeah. which covers up a lot of the artificiality of what... If you're going to try... I mean, the guy in the Prince of Persia game, that the the one NPC that somebody... They forgot to record lines for, and they just used AI, and now they're going to patch in a real human performance later... Everyone knew that was AI the instant they heard it mm -hmm. because it's just supposed to be a person. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like a I mean, you can they always tell on YouTube. Things. They put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable right. a lot of times. But you can also tell, like, there's YouTube videos that do it. Like the YouTube, probably half of YouTube videos at this point a lot of them have are it. AI voice. Kyle Hill has a has a bunch of videos on, like, fake science videos that a lot of them use, use AI. And you can tell because, like, yeah, they mispronounce stuff. They don't understand jokes. The finals has that problem. Like, yeah. there's, there's banter between those announcers that doesn't land because the AI doesn't know how to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess there was no way to tweak it to do Like, that's kind of part of the key of making yeah. this work is you're going to need to be able to tell the AI this is a joke. Yeah. And you need to deliver it a certain way. Yeah, a lot of ESL creators on YouTube, English as a second language folks, mm -hmm. they're just using AI now. Yeah. to voice their stuff. And then sometimes you run into people it's like, I, I linked a video the, uh, yesterday to one of my group chats and they're like, is this AI? I'm like, no, he's just from Northern England. Like, <laughs> no one from Northern, Northern England. <laughs> the Northern English accent doesn't sound real. I know. It's like, that's why they're so over everything is they wake up in the morning and they're like, shit, I got to do this accent all day. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. So, but like, that's also an indicates like people are paranoid about it. They're like, yeah. everyone's, you know, that's, that's the tiresome thing is you can't just instantly engage with art now because you have to like have on quick guard. moment of like wait is this yeah, fake is this right. ai shit yeah like you can't guard. just appreciate you know and some stuff you know there's some ai things that i thought were fun like there's yeah. a there was a ai generated series of star wars characters giving each other christmas gifts this past christmas and one of them was princess leia opening a, opening a box that said pieces of home and it's full of rocks and rubble and han's <laughs> like right. cracking up yeah. next it's like okay that's funny yeah, like, that's that's, that's, good. that's a good gag yeah. you know what would have been better uh drawing it right yeah, I mean, people are like, "Oh, I don't know how to draw." And like, it's going to get way better in two years or three years. You won't even be able to tell the difference between this and drawing. Yeah, but you know what you could do in those two or three years? Learn how to fucking draw. Yeah, <laughs> yep, and not rely on just a computer. saying. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because the voice actors are pissed, and it doesn't seem like they're going away. So no, I I think the voice actors will win this showdown in the. I mean, SAG SAG Gen Sense will listen to their members okay. when it comes down to it. So I I think this will be fixed. Okay. It's it, you're right. It's weird that this happened at all. It shouldn't have happened. But yeah. I think it'll get fixed. All right. Uh, next up, one of the industry's biggest MOBAs, and if you're not 
uh, familiar with what MOBAs are, they are games like League of Legends and Dota 2. Um, one of the bigger ones in the industry is a game called Smite. It is a third-person over-the-shoulder MOBA, a little more action-oriented than a lot yeah. of the other MOBAs are. It has its own kind of niche. Yeah, it was one of those, those games like, maybe this is the MOBA that'll hook me. Right. Nope. nope. <laughs> and uh, they announced, for, finally, after like a decade, they announced Smite 2 this week, um, which is kind of crazy, first of all, to... Release they should have called sequel? it Smote. Smote. <laughs> Smited. Yeah. Um, which is weird because generally these games don't get sequels. Yeah. They just keep building on top of them. Or they may like completely overhaul the visuals at a certain point, but they still don't change the name of the game. Well, High res Studios has decided that it does want to do a full-on sequel yeah, did called Smite 2. we learn nothing from Overwatch? What did you say? Did we learn nothing from Overwatch? Exactly. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is I think most fans would be okay with it, except we've just found out that... The cosmetics that you bought in Smite 1 will not carry over to Smite 2. You poor deluded fools. Hi-Rez said that it would take 256 man years to convert all the cosmetics that are already in Smite over to Smite 2. Mm. I do not believe that at all. Well, if you hire a thousand people, that's like three months. Right. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) right. That's what you're saying. He's saying with our five dudes, Mm. it will take 256 years to release it all. How do you feel about this, Matt? Do you think this is a right move? Do you feel like once you get involved in a franchise like Smite, that anything that you buy there, should you should just have it in perpetuity? Because, um, let's be I, honest, everyone's probably going to eventually move on to Smite 2, and I they're going to leave those old cosmetics behind. I mean, I don't think it's it's imperative that that happens, but I do think that if you're making a game like this, you have to recognize the reality that people get attached to their stuff. Do you think most people, when they play games like this that are ongoing for like a decade or more, don't you think that most of them assume that like that stuff's just going to be there forever that they're paying for? I, I mean, I don't know if most people... I think if most people are doing that, then most people are hopelessly naive yeah um because that's just not how anything works yeah i mean um, nothing's forever for forever uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe they just don't remember that like mmos have come and gone and you know you know pay to play games have come and gone. you know a lot of those games that people threw t- you know how, where's farmville these days right hmm? yeah um maple story yeah it's just uh but but not not but not runescape that fucker won't go away <laughs> Today, um, I was thinking about that this week actually because uh, City Heroes is back. Yeah, um, got an actual the the, the 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 fan server got an actual license from NCSoft, and now you can it's officially you can go yeah. play it for free. Yep, which is um, great, which is cool. Yep, but like you can't you know it's, it'd be like expecting your old characters to still be there on that. You know, it's just it's just. I think some people sense. would expect that that would be the case. Those people are dumb. <laughs> uh, in this case, it's just like you I mean this just seems like. You know, it doesn't seem like a f- the issue is with the, the the players. It feels like the issue is with the company. It's like, may- do you not understand the reality of the product you made? Like, you have spent all these years getting people attached to these characters and attached to these cosmetics and giving them a reason to want to pay money and, and because that's violate. the game is free. Yeah, that's the thing with like, these that's games. The whole the thing. game is so, like, free. The only thing people pay for. Are the cosmetics? Like the attachment to your game is based on the ownership of these things and the and the customization and what they are they've, they've earned in this game. And if you don't think it's important to carry that forward, then you are the one who's out of touch. Yeah, I mean um, that's why they pay for it. It may not be feasible. They may be right that like it would be very difficult for a team their size to actually do that. But it's like you if, if you didn't weren't building this with this in mind from the beginning, that's that's on you. I mean, it's kind of the cost of doing business, isn't it? Yeah. At this point, for games like this, like what did you think the outcome? 
Right. I mean, you're you're back at the duh consulting agency again. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not. <laughs> it's like, I'm up. not saying it makes it feasible. I'm not saying it's it's reasonable for people to expect that. I'm not. But like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we could have like, told them that. Yeah. Easily, we could have told him that. Yeah. So, which is why you just probably don't release a sequel. Yeah. You just, like, keep, just building keep building on, on what you got. And I understand the temptation to make something bigger and better, and you know, we can do this now, and we need to change engines for it, or we need to like completely overhaul or revamp to the degree that we couldn't do it in the original game, that kind of thing. But like, yeah, I mean, maybe at that point you just make a new game. Yeah. It's not Smite 2. That's just like yeah. another game by you. Well, um, but I know they want to just switch to this new one and only maintain one game. Because sure. you're in that same problem where we don't have the manpower to maintain two of these at the same time. The other thing, too, is like Smite 2, it's like one of those like um, Fortnite-style games where they have this art style that can scale down very easily to run mm. on weaker consoles, on weaker rigs. It's, it is built in an Unreal Engine. But it's not like you look at it, you're like, well, damn, you could never do that on, like, last-gen con. No. Like, it's not like the overhaul is so drastic that it makes sense that they couldn't redo all the cosmetics for it. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it's just a time thing. Like, it's yeah. not like you could redo all the cosmetics An investment. for it. It would just take forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're not willing to invest the money to bring in enough artists to redo all the skins and all the stuff that people have paid for. I mean, what's going to happen, I think, is people just aren't going to play Smite 2. Yeah. They're going to just keep playing Smite. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. So it, the question kind of becomes like, are you going to shut Smite 1 down? And force. And try to force it, in which case. That would uh, be, a, again, call I the hope duck everybody, I hope everybody's got their resumes updated <laughs> because. Again, call the duck consulting agency and we'll tell you what to do in that situation. And it is definitely just, not that. It also just seems like a weird move. I mean, I again, I understand the desire to make something new and exciting and cool looking. I actually think the first one looks a little better. In, in some ways. These, in a couple of these comparison shots. I, I thought agree. I thought the characters in the the first I, I wasn't until a couple of those comparisons i'm like i thought the more they, the ones in the first one look a little more detailed well they just look like i don't know more endearing yeah there's something more there's more stylized yeah and like, like i can tell who they are more yeah and i don't know what, what else it's, it's kind of like transformers movies right. where i see optimus prime and i'm like that's not optimus prime that's not mm -hmm. the one i know like, like i recognize the head but that's, that's about, about it, it. Yeah. like he's red and blue but, right yeah i mean they didn't want to make him red and blue really because red doesn't show up on film very uh, it's hard to shoot which is true which is why he's only got the red flames and not and mostly he's blue yeah um but it it was basically like uh hasbro that was just like he's kind of got to have some red on him so that's yeah. why he's got even a little bit on him interesting um but you'll notice in robot mode uh he is all the red gets hidden except on like his feet and like right up on the flames yeah here. interesting but like it, it's also weird because it's like smite feels kind of like a little minor miracle it's like you carved out your own space in this incredibly competitive zone of gaming mm -hmm. and like Maybe you should just like be cool with that. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I mean, it's a money making machine. Yeah, like the infinite growth thing, like has trapped way bigger companies than Smite's people. Like, yeah, it feels like you're falling into this trap of like we have to keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes it's like, hey, why don't you just be cool making a few million dollars every year? Yeah. Like, yep, I hear you. Because sometimes you, you end up doing things like this, and you end up losing yeah. all the money. Like, I know the, the narrative in modern, like, finance and capitalist stuff and kind of investment and, and all that is, like, in tech especially, is like, oh, just risk it. Just go for it. Just go mm -hmm. for the thing. Bigger, bigger, bigger. To the moon. Da, da, da. It's like, you know what? Don't rock the boat has its fucking... Charms. Charms. Of time. Yeah. Like, yep, especially sure. in this, like, a hyper-competitive, like established space like the mobile world where like you're just fucking keep your head down in third place yeah like, like just 
You're not going to make Keep a movie doing what with you're Topple doing. Dota or League of Legends. No. That's not happening. And do you like, not see what Overwatch is doing? Right. Like, like Killing Overwatch. itself. I mean, this thing with Overwatch where they just let they just made it so all the characters can heal themselves. Nah. And apparently the reason, so like they want it takes a whole class out of the game, but, it takes a whole section of people out of playing. So the, the game. people who play Overwatch have said. The reason they did that is basically the changes and the behaviors and the way everything has been shifting. It's you know, Overwatch Two has become an incredibly toxic community uh, to play in, and the first people who left were the support classes because oh, they get abused the most by people make, in game. That makes sense. Yeah. So they, the reason this change is happening is because no one wants to play a healer anymore because they just get yelled at. It's the so whole toxic. Time. Yeah, I could. So I can that, that and it's like and like you know what that is that is that is a very giant red flag on the on on the, the slow slide into a dead game. Yeah, um, and it's just weird that the smite people don't i mean aren't learning let, letting overwatch yeah. learn the lesson for them basically if you can't bring the i mean again it's it's almost like if, if switch 2 comes out and you can't bring your fucking library forward right which we're going to be talking about very shortly a mm-hmm. uh, couple more stories in housekeeping before we get into the bulk of the show um first stalker 2 was delayed again today it was delayed until september 5th did it have a date it was Q1 2024. Okay. I don't think I ever expected that to actually happen. Look, we're going to give the that crew as much leeway as they need. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're from Ukraine. They're still developing the game in Ukraine. I don't know how that's happening. I thought they moved to, like, Czech Republic or Chechnya. I think they still have some people working in Ukraine, other people. Because they had to pack up all their stuff and basically flee west, right. as I recall. Because they were in Kiev, right? Yeah, they were right there. Yeah, right in the heart uh, of They port. set up somewhere else, after, like, after a month or so. Yeah. So these guys have been through, and girls, have been through the ringer, obviously, dealing with Putin's invasion of their country. I'll give them as much time as they need i'm not a huge fan of the first stalker to be all of that honest with you i'm not the thing about stalker waiting to, with bated I mean, breath i mean i'm interested but the thing about the original stalker is that the original stalker is really good if you mod it to within an inch of its life yeah and i'm not 100 percent convinced that a vanilla seek vanilla version of stalker 2 is going to be something i want to play because that first game is really hard. It is hard. All, and, uh, all the stalker stuff is really hard. And they hard. say that this one is going to be the same. Yeah. That it's going to be really it's challenging. true to it. But this is going to be one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to get it on PC. I'm going to you know, do the PC Game Pass thing. I'm probably going to throw whatever mods into it I need to to like play it like a fucking normal person who isn't an expert at all the survival stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, when I played the original stalker, stalker Clear Skies, I don't think I, li- I lived more than 10 minutes. Most it's of the really first hard. Shooter. It's kind of like the Dark Souls of first-person shooters. I think it's way harder than Dark Souls. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If, to me, it's Because if you die same. in this game, you just die. Yeah. Like, you don't get back, back up at the fucking campfire and someone tells you to get out of here, stalker, and you go back and pick up your shit. No, you're like, right. This is just like, nope, you're done. Yeah. Like, that's it. And and there's no warning. There's, you just got to be ready for anything. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, again, it's a, it's a thrill in that regard. But, again, it can be very frustrating if you're... If you if you just can't figure out what you're supposed to do next, and because it's such an open sandbox, it's never going to really tell you what to do next. Yeah, don't um, forget this is. I know it's hard to remember because it's been so long, but um, it is an Xbox console exclusive still. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another Xbox. And we'll talk about Xbox in next week's episode. But this is one of the games of 2024 that's supposed to come out to be a part of their exclusive repertoire. Um, but again, even if we hear in August that it's been delayed again into 2025, like this game can be done whenever it's done. That's the mm-hmm. way I look at this game. I hold I it think, to a different standard. I think if they're picking a specific day, it's probably pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, they did actually pick a specific day, September 5th this time. And you're right. That usually is a sign that they're like, okay, we're giving ourselves enough leeway 
that we feel like we can make this specific date happen. Mm. So I hope so. I hope that's the case. What a monumental effort to develop a video game under the circumstances that that team has been working on this game. Just, I don't know how you concentrate when you're being invaded by a butcher. I just... Now, it's a big country. So it is. They're... They're far enough away that I'm sure they can pretend. I mean, it does blow my mind sometimes that you see parts of Ukraine that are just kind of like going through life. Yeah. I mean, they're it's a it's a big, big country. It really is. But it's just hard to believe. Like, it's like us living in California while some other, like, Canada has invaded Maine. Like, but you just go about your day working every day while other mm-hmm. Americans are being attacked. Like, it's just insane. I mean, you got it. I mean, I was the home front back in the day. Yeah. Back in the World War Two. Yeah. But this you is never would have known, other than the fact that nobody had spare tires. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, a reprieve for the Stalker 2 development team. Again, they can get that game done whenever they get it done. I'm totally cool with it. And then just finally, before we move on to the heart of episode 372, a reminder, and I talked about this last week, but I just want to remind you again, that on Thursday... There is the first Xbox Developer Direct of 2024. You'll be able to see Hellblade 2 in, I would assume, in full bloom. I think we'll probably see a big chunk of gameplay of that. We're going to see the first, like they said, there's like an eight-minute presentation for Indiana Jones. That's what leaked out. That's pretty awesome. Makes me wonder if it's this year. Me too. And then Avowed, I think, also is going to be shown off. Really, Mm -hmm. kind of for the first time. We've got, what, two trailers of that game so far? Yeah, a teaser and a trailer. Yeah. And so we'll finally get to see, I'm assuming, gameplay of Avowed as well, which is also, I think, going to be one of Xbox's big games of 2024. I think it's one of their linchpins, yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, if you're an Xbox fan or an Xbox series owner, big event for you on Thursday. And as always, we will have it curated and ready for you to watch at sifted.net, along with our awesome community there commenting on all the big stories from the event. And with that, I think we're finally ready to kick off Game Phase 372 in earnest. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. One thing I will say is that winter is here for most of us. Not for Matt and I, although kinda. It's, it's been cold here. here. <laughs> it's been like 50 degrees at night here, which I know you guys are like, whatever. But that is cold for here. Yeah, I got down to the 40s, or low 40s a couple times. Over the holidays, I think it was. But yeah, I wasn't was like here. like last week. Oh, really? Yeah, it was very cold I didn't realize it got week, that yeah. cold. So we're kind of going through winter here, but most of y'all are going through winter, where it's like balls cold yeah, and snowing. And, you know, people are frozen in their house right. at this point. So. Right. Um, and if you I are, saw a video of a guy trying to get his uh, Tesla Cybertruck open because uh, it was all iced over, <laughs> and he finally breaks the ice and the and the the handle finally pops out and he still can't open the door because it's all ice shut and then the handle can't go back in because it froze back out and it's breaking it's and he just goes oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the video 
Because <laughs> those are what, like eighty grand for oh, the base yeah. model or something? Yeah. Well, and like fixing that, like it's all it's it's this, you can't fix it's it. the dumbest wiring system ever. Because like he's like, oh, there's so many wires in a normal car. Why don't we just have everything be on like three Ethernet? Like so, if anything goes wrong on one line. The whole line doesn't work anymore. You have to replace the whole line, like or like half your electrical system doesn't work anymore. <laughs> That's it's crazy, the dumbest shit. Yep. Well, what I was getting at is if you're living some places that is uh, it's cold right now. One thing I love about Ellis Cream is that it mixes great with cold drinks or warm drinks. And so if you're out shoveling your driveway or you're just out running around in horrible weather and you come home, you want to relax, you want to warm up, you can mix up. Awesome drinks with LS cream that are warm and delicious. Hot cocoa. Put a dollop or two of the LS cream in with your uh, hot chocolate. Delicious. So lots of applications for that liqueur. Uh, it, it works in almost any situation. Yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up soon. Especially since none of y'all not, not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> not that weather. That's true. If you can get LS cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if you live in Pennsylvania, you can't, unfortunately, unless you order it online. Mm -hmm. So go to creamls.com slash sifted. You can find there where to buy it online. Yeah, make also... someone else drive in that way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can just have somebody deliver it right to your house. Or if you want, you can get links to where you can buy it online. Um, it is an amazing liqueur. It's very versatile. It works in so many situations. I love Ellis Cream. You should, too. Uh, all right. Let's get on with Game Face 372. We're going to kick things off with Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. The first Prince of Persia, Matt, in almost a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the last one was uh, the Forgotten Sands in 2010. Is that right? Sure. Which would make it 13 or 14 years. Almost 14 years, yeah. That's kind of surprising. Even with Ubisoft, which mm -hmm. will... Leave well, IP to just sit a, there. There was sort of a thing where basically Assassin's Creed replaced Prince of Persia. Yeah, because it was originally going to be some Prince of Persia stuff. Yeah, sort of like that was by by three years into the Assassin's Creed thing, they realized that it's a little redundant. It was redundant, so let's just like yeah. focus on Assassin's Creed. And I guess because uh, some things changed. No, well, they then. <laughs> so they brought it back. And to Matt's point, I feel like you're right. I feel like they needed to delineate it from Assassin's Creed in some way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they maybe struggled to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And I think what they figured out was, you know what? Let's just take it back to the roots of Prince of Persia, making it a 2D game that plays in a side-scrolling fashion. Now, one thing I will say, Matt, is that people are calling this game 2.5D. But honestly, I kind of take exception with that. Like, the half-D doesn't really come into play at all in this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in the sense that you can do like, interact with stuff in the background a little bit. Like a little bit? And, it like, just makes it awkward, in and out. though. But I, when I say, think 2.5D, I think of things like, I don't know, Klonoa, where you're walking and the, and the path sort of moves in and out of the screen. Yeah, you actually move and, into the screen at times. Yeah, I mean, you could this game could do that, but it doesn't. Really. It doesn't. Yeah, there's like pots that you can hack and slash and get like gems from, but... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's like if you think 2.5D is just like a 2D game that's done in polygons, then yeah, that's yeah. what it this is. This is a but, game that you play in 2D, but, but it's, it's a, built it's with a, polygons. It's a 2D Metroidvania. Yeah, it's a Metroidvania. It's a Metroid clone, so to speak. Um, and I will say this, Matt. I do feel like, in addition to side-scrolling platformers, I feel like the Metroidvania is another genre that I'm kind of starting to burn out on. Well, it's funny that, like... You know, for years and years, there weren't any. Yeah. And then when the indie game trend started to hit, people started to mess with the idea. You know, you had Axiom Verge and a couple of things that were popping up. It's like, oh, they're doing their own thing. That's cool. And now it's like, it's like 
there's dozens every year. And now the trick is finding the ones that don't suck. That don't suck. Um, or the ones that try at least something yeah. new. And I would say this is one of the both of those. Yeah. It, um, one, it doesn't suck. And two, it actually does manage to find to do a, new new, a way to do something new. Yeah. There are things where you're like, okay, clearly I'm going to get an air dash at some yeah. point. Clearly I'm going to get a bow and arrow yeah. at some point. Like you can see... You know where, you're, but that's not necessarily bad Metroidvania design because you do want to. You know, I can't get to this thing. It's clear to me now what I need to be able to get to it, and I understand that's part of the trope of the of the genre. Yeah. Um. But, but meanwhile, like there's stuff you don't expect. Like there's a real robust combat system yeah. in this game. Like this is maybe the best combat in a Metroidvania ever. Um, as far like, as like the hacking and slashing, it's fighting yes. game level complex. Once yeah. you get more moves, yep. like early on, no. Yeah. But eventually, like. You can get through all these boss fights without being touched. If yeah, you're and I and, and like the the counter stuff is real smart. Um, the the color coding is real smart. Like, I am like I, I I came into this with that whole you know because you had people talking like oh game first game of the year candidate. And I'm right. like all right, it's January, people. Can you fucking <laughs> calm down? For but you know what? I mean, I, I it, it depends on how good or bad this year is. But like I can see this being in the conversation. Maybe like I, I, that may be a bridge too far for me. But it's still good. I mean, I'll, I'll say this much: this is better than Sands of Time, and I would rather have had this than the remake of Sands of Time. Hmm. And I, matter of fact, I bet one of the reasons this got done before Sands of Time is Sands of Time's remake. Probably they're trying to figure out a way to make it not feel like a bargain basement uh, Assassin's Creed Maybe. in modern standards. It's possible. Um, the combat in this is vastly more interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you don't get, I mean, you do get the time manipulation stuff in this. Yeah, it's definitely from the same like franchise. I don't feel like it's as stunning as it is in Sands of Time. Uh, no, but like Sands of Time isn't stunning anymore either. You're right. It is, it is like, old in the tooth, or long in the tooth at this like point. This is, this is Prince of Persia made with the effects and influence and legacy of Sands of Time taken into account. Yeah. Whereas remaking Sands of Time... I think would be a much harder proposition to try to make it feel fresh. I agree. Yeah. Because um, going back to replay Sands of Time without nostalgia goggles, I think is a tall order. It feels gimmicky. It, yeah. it's, it's gimmicky and a little boring. Yeah. Like, it, like the com- like, at the time, there the combat was cool, like flipping over guys and freezing them and doing this. But now, like every game has well, better, more interesting mechanics than that. The other thing too is that it's there's not enough of them. Like right. it gets very repetitive pretty quickly. There's just not enough different attacks and animations in the game. But again, you know, it's a game. It's you know over like 15 years old at this point. Yeah, it's longer than that. Was it was that 2004? I guess you're right. It's 20 years. Yeah, old. almost 20 years old. Holy mm-hmm. crap, that's crazy. Innovative at the time, but not so much oh, now. Yeah, but that's that's not, not its fault. Yeah, 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 that's true. But like I, I like this feels like it, it moves the thing. But you know, it goes back to the roots while still moving it forward. I'm very impressed by. They've done thing. a good job for sure. Um, you play as a brand new hero named Sargon. He is a member of a warrior clan called the Immortals. And basically, the entire gist of the game is that you're trying. You travel to the cursed city of Mount Ove. You're trying to rescue the kidnapped Prince Gasson. And I think if you. <laughs> If you really think about about that, you can probably figure out also what's ultimately going to happen in this game. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, the plot is not what kept me going. I guess I'll put it that way. No, although I do like the characters. Yeah, um, for the most part, this game is kind of like an indie game, though. You get like the talking head. Well, with clearly the they like Hades. Yeah, uh, the way it is very much the, like the Hades. way the characters interact in the conversation like that. Also, like 
they're basically a superhero team. Yeah. Like they they they're basically the the ancient Persian Avengers. And it, you fight alongside them every once in a while. Yeah. There's some cooperative elements with the CPU that you play through at times. Like well, I believe Immortal, I believe you know there were Immortals in Persia, mm-hmm. like in the Persian Empire. It's like in 300 they are, you know, scary bad guys. Right. Um but this is a different And this they're take basically like the X-Men. Yeah. They're mercenaries, <laughs> but they are essentially the Avengers. Yeah. And uh sure enough, they kind of end up avenging some shit in this. That's that's their job and they get trapped in a mountain that has time travel in it, which is uh, a hazard of the job, Convenient. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, Early on, he's just constantly meeting characters. It's like, it's like, oh, you're trapped in the mountain. Yeah. Time looks weird here. People <laughs> from round there aren't from round here. Yeah, and it's like, like, an right. hour like, for you. Three and he's like, years and he's like, for me. I'm, I'm good. He's like, oh, you <laughs> should take this very important thing. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is a metro. Yeah, I know, Metroidvania. Okay. And, oh, I have a compass. How convenient. Yeah. Yep. Well, as Matt said, it is a Metroidvania, and it does have the trappings of the Metroidvania. You come across doors or areas that you can't traverse or get past or open, and then later on you get some yeah. ability or some power-up. And, and it does have a nice system of marking places. And you, that's, you, you that's can the innovative part. You can yeah. not only mark a place on your map where there's something you can't get to yet, you can screenshot it. Yeah. For, so when you look at it on the map, it shows you a picture of what the thing you can't get, which is great. Yeah. What's that? feature called i can't remember time crystals or something something like that yeah it's it's i can't remember what it's called but it's like if you hold down on the d-pad and you just basically take a screenshot and mark the map yeah you can do that you can have 15 of those markers on your map it seems really innovative when you first start doing it and it's a cool feature but is it really any different than like looking at a metroid map and seeing the door that's colored the one color that no, and you but know like, you need to go there eventually with your new But it's powers. nice to be able to see it and realize, like, oh, I need this thing for yeah, it. Yeah, you won't waste your time in this game yeah. because you know exactly what you're going to do. There are times with like Metroid games where I'm like, wait, I haven't gone through that door yet. Do I have the thing that I need? And I'll yeah, go all yeah. the way there to realize I don't have it the thing yet. It solves the Metroid problem of like, okay, I got the new item and fought the boss, got the new item, and now I guess I have to go. Now where do I I know? have to go to all the places on the map where there, I ha- clearly haven't gone further right. because I don't remember where... Yeah, the thing where where or I I didn't know this item or this ability existed in the game, so I wasn't mentally noting yeah where that is. So it's a very simple thing, but it is effective and it does work and it does innovate the subgenre for yeah. sure. Like I, my guess is most Metroidvanias going forward will probably now have this feature. I would definitely like Metroid to take me. I don't know if Nintendo doesn't tend to take cues from other people, but yeah, it'd be nice if another the next Metroid had something like that. Um, and then it has a lot of like action RPG elements. There's there's a lot of upgrading of things, but it's not like you have a gigantic skill tree. Like everything has like a couple levels yeah. of upgrade. It's not, it's not like XP or low. It's not like Symphony of the Night. It's yeah. it's more like well, you, you collect you, go, a, you clip amulets. You collect like this these crystals, time crystals that basically let you upgrade things and get you more health or more whatever. Yep. Um, it's it's simple but satisfying. Yep. Uh, there's these say. things called um. What are those golden trees called, actually? Whack, whack. Whack, whack trees, yeah. So there's whack, whack golden trees, and you save at those, as you would expect, but that's also where you go to change the amulet. So you have a necklace, and then you can attach amulets to it, and the amulets, amulets basically just give you buffs. Yeah. And, like, when you start, you can only have three. As you go through the game, you can get more. Like, my amulets are now, like, all the way around my necklace at this point. And they're all just like buffs. Like it gives you 5% more damage in the air. It gives you 10% more damage when you're on the ground. Stuff like that. And you can adjust which amulets you have equipped at the whack whack trees. 
um, which is a little bit annoying. You can only adjust those and this other ability called Athra Surges, which are these special attacks that you have where you build your meter all the way up, and then there's two different levels there um, as far as building your meter, and then you can unleash your Athra attacks after you build up your meter. And then there are amulets that you can equip that help you build up the Athra meter faster if that's how you want to play. And I would argue that's probably the smartest strategy. Between, because the first couple of Athra things you get, you get one like devastating sword attack, and the other one is healing. Mm. And like, if you're, what I found is in boss fights, as long as you use that Athra healing at least once, like you can beat most bosses in the first or second try. The other thing I would say too about the boss fights is like, be patient. Mm-hmm. If you go in, you're just like, I'm going to hack and slash this guy to death. You're probably going to die over and yeah, over gotta, again. You got to watch for the openings. You got, you got, there is, you know, Dark Souls has influenced far and wide. Yeah. And that's part of it. Yeah. And so you can block and some attacks. So yellow attacks, you can block and you parry them and it's right. You just say it right there. It knocks them back. Yeah. And then it's blue. Blue it, does that. Right. And then it opens them up for another mm-hmm. attack. The yellow attack is basically an insta kill. I thought the red was the instinct. Red kill. can't be blocked. Red can't be blocked. Blue right. is a bl- regular block. Yellow means you get a, like a cinematic a stagger. Usually it'll kill them, but if the boss sometimes will just take a lot of health off. Yeah. And red can't be blocked. You have to dodge yeah. it. You have to dodge it or yeah. slide. I slide my ass off in this game. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's way easier than timing the block. You need to slide underneath enemies at will in this game. Like, I think it is governed by the Aphrometer, but... No, I, it's not. It's, it's not. not. So you no. can just slide as much as you want. I mean, as long as the animation stop ends. Yeah. Like that, you're limited by the recovery frames, basically. Okay. I but thought usually, there was a meter actually that stopped it, but no. Not that I've seen. Okay. It's never stopped me. Okay. Anyway, I slide like a crazy person. So. Me too. I, I'm sliding like a fool. Um, and then one thing I will say, Matt, is that so the Athra trees are also where you go if you die. And there have definitely been times in this game where you go venturing out and you don't have the map unlocked and you're just going through territory blind and you just don't make the right turn here or there. Like a lot of times the Ather, the whack whack tree will just be tucked away like just one off screen, like one step or whatever. But I'll go past it and keep going in the wrong direction and die hmm. and then have to go all the way back to that whack hmm. whack tree and from then then i just start trying to find the next whack whack tree because i'm like i'm not doing this again like i'm not going all the way to this area of the map and dying and being sent back again a, a metroid tradition it is it is a bit of a metroid tradition um but i did find i ended up doing a good bit of backtracking in this game and it's easier the second time because you know where the enemy placement is the other thing too is you leave a screen and come back all the enemies respawn and come back yeah that to me is something that i'm not a big fan of in metroidvanias in general mm. particularly some of the enemies in this game can just be annoying yeah some of them are tough yeah and like sometimes you die it just happens i early on i went it was one where i respawned i opened a shortcut back but the shortcut was full of like really hard enemies so yeah. i just kept going back through there and like he doesn't have a lot of health at the beginning no like basically three hits, three hits and you die that's about it yeah and um so I just kept, I would get, I'd go in and fight the, the, the monsters, and like, if I got hit, I'd go back to the Whack Whack Tree, and go back. I'm like, I'm going to learn the timing on this one way or the other, and like, that was where I learned to parry properly. Yeah. Because um, it really does help. They're powerful in this game. Yeah. Parries the are other thing that I thought was, in, I think is interesting in, this, interesting in this game that I don't see in Metroidvania as much is you can knock an enemy out of the room to the next screen 
and go to the, and they're still going to be there and they're they'll there, follow yeah. you to to other rooms. Like yep, the true. rooms are not barriers right. in this game, which I think is pretty cool. Because you're right, in other Metroidvanias, you can almost cheese the game. Yeah, you leave the room and you're fine. And I did that the first time. I, I, yeah. I'm just going to run past you and run through the other door and run through the other there. And I look down and all of a sudden he's getting hit. I'm like, what the? Oh, they're all in the they're all in the room with me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's neat. I've yeah. never seen that before. Respawning enemies though, I was I was pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> to admit, I'm not a big fan of that in these games. I didn't games. mind it because like, I like to farm the time crystals when yeah. I want what I want. Because you use those to upgrade most yeah. of your stuff. So there's value in doing it for sure. Um, so if you go, if you hit start and go to the menus and you go and look at your character, there's basically three things. You have life, gear, and powers. Life is like health flask and you can upgrade it so you have more than one health flask. And there's these things called soma tree petals to increase your max health. Those are really rare. <laughs> like... Increasing my max health with the Soma pedals took forever, but it does happen, and you can do it. As far as the gear is concerned, you have dual sabers, which you see in this B-roll, and eventually later on in the B-roll, you'll see that Here's there's... Here's the mem- memory shards. Memory that's shards, yeah. Is. Yep, that's what you need to take the screenshots, basically, mm-hmm. of the, the different areas where you have, weren't unable to traverse through. Um, so your gear, you have dual sabers. Eventually, you get a bow. You also get this weird device that like bounces off of things, and you use that to like flip switches generally and solve puzzles with it. Um, and then the powers, you have six different time-based powers. Like the first one you get is just the ability to like air dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then eventually you get the ability to like make platforms materialize that you can then jump on. And I'll say this: like some of the platforming in this is hard. Yeah. Like they really work through that me- those mechanics like the the thing that you throw to flip switches like there's there's like areas in this game where you toss the thing to flip the switch and then the platform you're standing on takes off you need to jump at the same time and then tap the triangle to pull back the thing so you can throw it again it becomes this like hand contorting uh, this game gets hard eventually, I yeah. feel like. Like, I was challenged playing this game at several points. It's not too difficult in the first five hours. At the five-hour mark for me is where it really started to, like, torque it up a little bit. And I had to really start concentrating, even on, like, rank-and-file sections of the levels. This is the room I practiced in until I got it. Oh, really? Yeah. These, Against these, these weird these, lion these things? lion things. Yeah. Um... So, your basic abilities, you can jump, you can slide, you eventually get the air dash... Um, as we talked about the parry, the parry is a huge part. It also helps build up Sargon's Glow, And that, as we said earlier, that's the meter that allows him to pull off his specials. Um, and then you can also be, he can also be equipped with talismans, and those alter his abilities as well. As far as combat is concerned, like you basically just mash square for the hack and slash stuff. The triangle brings up the bow if you tap it. But if you hold the triangle, that brings up the other, like, shield thing that you throw to flip switches. And that mechanic is a little weird to me. Like, I struggled at times to throw an arrow versus, like, use, holding it down and using the the shield that you throw. I don't know what that thing actually is, but it looks like um, a blue I'm, shield. I mostly, uh, my only control issue was I kept uh, mi- mixing up uh, the sh- what the right shoulder buttons did. Uh, early on, it was it was slide versus uh, counter. Yeah, and I kept mixing the two of them up for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I just I'm used to having dodge on a face button. I think is the problem because because the, the slide is both a traversal thing, a dodge thing, and if you continue holding it, your dash. Yeah. So like it was, I think they put a lot on that right trigger, and uh, I don't know. I mean, dual uses for any button is always dicey, and the triangle is dual use. I don't love that you got to dash before you run. 
Yeah, me either. It would be kind of what I'd say. We have to slide before you run. Yeah. It does this weird thing where you slide and then you start running. There there are some caveats with the gameplay in this, I guess is the best way I could kind of sum it up. You do get used to it after a while. Like, now, I can pretty much fire my bow when I want. You can do, like, some crazy dances. I've seen clips of people doing 100, 200 hit combos. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just... You know, the, the the system's there. Yeah, you can, you can master this game and get really yeah. good at it, like impressively good at it. Like you said, where you watch someone else play and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's how you play the game when you're really, really good at it. Um, but the pla- I feel like the platforming in this game will put you through your paces for yeah. sure. So, um, I mean, it's, it's true to the original. Like it's like it's it's clearly play, paying homage to the original. And, and I mean, you can even see it with like the running over spikes that then pop up a second yeah. later. Like that's from the original game. Like, it is, yeah. Like it, you you know, this is Prince of Persia playing it, yes. which is a nice for sure thing. Here are the amulets are we were talking about. They're basically things you just attach to your necklace. At first, you can only have two or three, two, but you can buy another slot very early on. And as you can see here, at this point in the game, I have five slots. So you keep building them up, and I have even more than that now in the game that I'm playing. So those are the amulets. And this is kind of the B-roll where I go through like a lot of the systems. We just want to take a minute to kind of show you guys what we're talking about. There's the whack-whack tree. Oh, I didn't leave that one up very, very long, unfortunately. So there's your surges. So this is the stuff that you can pull off once you've built up your athrometer. And this this is early on in the game, so I only had two. Um, you have the air dash, and then you have the healing that I talked about earlier that, again, are very handy in boss fights. Um, and again, that's the whack-whack tree where you save. Here's a, a shop where you can buy stuff. And like you can buy upgrades at this shop in addition to like brand-new items as well. Um, there is just there is just several places where you can go in this game to level up. Here's another one. So this eventually, like when you're back at home base, this separate area is a forge where you can increase the power of your weapons or you can forge brand new weapons. And a lot of the weapons that you're trying to forge have very specific materials that you need that will send you off on these really hard sections of the game where you just collect one resource and bring it back to the forge and they forge it. For example, they gave me this new amulet when I brought back this one material. Getting that material was hard. And all I got from it was an amulet that I didn't even equip. It's a good amulet, though. It is a good amulet, yeah. But... There's so many opportunities to upgrade your character and your gear in this game. I wouldn't call it an action RPG. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's pretty extensive. Like I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how much of that stuff was in the game ultimately. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Boss fights, there's tons of them. Like lots of mini bosses, and mm-hmm. then if you defeat the big bosses, which yeah. I, well, it's I, funny because like early on, you're like think you're fighting all these bosses, and you get to the first actual boss, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this is, is the yeah. boss fight. Those were just mini yeah. bosses. Yeah, if you defeat one of the major bosses, though, that's when you get one of the new time-based abilities. Mm-hmm. So they do reward you for making it through those tougher combat sequences. Um, what else is there to talk about? Oh, there's fast travel. There's Homa statues located throughout. I wish there were more of them. Yeah, fast travel is a little sparse. Yeah, I wish there was more of it. Because you do end up doing... It's a Metroidvania, so you are going to do backtracking. That's just the nature of the beast. However, it takes a while, first of all, before you can fast travel at all. And then once you do unlock it, it takes a really long time to get, like, extra modules that you can fast travel to. So I wouldn't count on that being a primary traversal mechanic in this game. It can be handy at times. Yeah, they want you to... To move, yeah. They want you to get there on your own. It is a Metroidvania, part. so I like can you're understand basically, that. You can fast travel to basically zones. Yeah, like you can't fast travel locations. Just locations. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Um, the thing about being able to fast travel from like Brinstar to one of the other locations, like that's about it. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then there's collectible items all over the place. I haven't really figured out what the purpose of those are. Have you? Oh, like the the Persian soldier like the, and, and the stuff? tablets and know. stuff. Like I haven't figured out what you use those for. I mean, they're clearly side quests of some kind. But I don't. I, I, if there's a place that tells me what the payoff is, I haven't found it. Yeah. Um, well, there you see me use the bow. Eventually, you'll see me use the blue shield thing that I was talking about earlier in this later B-roll. Um, but there are collectibles throughout the game. Sometimes they're hard to see. They're just like this little, like, resident, old-school Resident Evil-style kind of, like, white starburst that if you aren't paying attention, you can kind of overlook at times. Um, as you play the game, you train your mind to start looking for them. But, like, I noticed, like, when I started going back through areas that I had already been through that I had missed a bunch of them when I went back later on. And I kind of trained myself to look for them. Um... And overall, I mean, I've enjoyed this game. I'll say this. I like it a hell of a lot more than Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. A hell of a lot more. Like, this game is head and shoulders ahead of Metroid Dread. For me, that's not saying anything, though. I didn't like Metroid Dread. However, I do not like it as much as Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is Iga's Hmm. replacement for Castlevania. I would probably agree with that, in part just because I think the theme, like the, the setting and theme is more interesting in Bloodstained. The theme is better. The other thing, too, is the I feel like the power-ups are more interesting in Bloodstained. Yeah, the pow- Bloodstained's power-ups are a little crazier. Um, they're more combat-focused. Yeah, this is this is a little more, I mean, because they're trying to keep the, uh, the kind of the platforming and... and puzzle trap elements of the franchise here like in play and Mm -hmm. in in, in forefront as well like you know the weird thing about this is that as as a combat is so prevalent yeah whereas bloodstained is you know combat was the core of castlevania until they made it a metroidvania yeah um and it still was a pretty big deal um so yeah i i don't know like yeah I would kind of argue that they're very different takes on the metroidvania formula to the point that i wouldn't really put them up against each other the same way um but i would say this probably has a little more in common with those kind of 2d d makes of bloodstained yeah you know the curse of yeah, yeah. whatever's yep uh as opposed to the main bloodstained game yep also it's just two different things i think this is more actually directly influenced by metroid whereas bloodstained is obviously i agree Pennsylvania. absolutely yeah no doubt about it um the other thing i was surprised to learn matt is that Bloodstained Ritual of the Night has outsold every Castlevania game ever. Wow. Yes. Makes you wonder what Konami's doing. Uh-huh. Just sort of letting it happen. Yeah. You see that? You, I'm sure you saw the uh, the the Simon's Quest alike yeah, game, yeah. Of, like with the Ridic Trans Transylvania blah, 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 yeah. Quest of the Simon. Or the eight bit. I mean, it's yeah. basically just Castlevania. It's a yeah. straight up ripoff. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like it's Dracula. You can't fucking copyright Dracula. I know. It's like, it's like, and like, well, dude, Mickey Mouse just became a part of the free domain. Well, the Steamboat Willie, but like, go ahead and try it. Yeah, I mean, as long as they, I think the caveat is as long as you can prove that it's not something that Disney would do with it. You have to make it really Mm -hmm. transformative. You have to make it transformative and has to be the Steamboat Willie version. It can't be the new Mickey Mouse. Like there's there's a guy who started a web comic that basically continues the story after Steamboat Willie. That's illegal. No, it's it's going really. Yeah, I bet you they shut that down eventually. They can't touch it really because it's a transformative, continuous work over something that has no copyright. I thought and, it had to be and, completely different from what nope. they had done with the property. It just before. has to only be based on Steamboat Willie. Interesting. So the version of that, the, the story that he's telling, 
only takes from Steamboat Willie. It's just the aftermath of Steamboat Willie with no relation to anything else Disney's ever done with the characters. Hmm. I must have read it wrong when I was reading a story about it. I was surprised learning that Mickey was in the public domain. I was like, what? So I read a couple articles Because he's not. Steamboat Willie is. And that particular version of Mickey Mouse in that cartoon is so plain crazy. But the press says Mickey Mouse is in the public domain. don't believe the press. Read the actual (laughs) law. It's like the... I did, though. It's like the Winnie the Pooh thing. You can't put the red shirt on him. Right. But you can use the Winnie the Pooh from the illustrations of the book. Well, see, that was the example that they used, though, because the one big thing that Winnie the Pooh that they did was like a horror thing with Winnie the Pooh. And that's how they pointed to, like, that's why it's okay. Because Disney would never make a horror movie about Mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh. Right. But you could also do your own children's book about Winnie the Pooh and they couldn't stop you. I thought that they could. Well, you could, you could, if it looks like the Disney version of, of him, or if it used characters that are not out in the public domain yet. For instance, Tigger was not in the public domain until this year uh, because Tigger didn't appear until the following year in a second book. And now he's the new killer. And now, the, now, now he's the new killer. <laughs> but they're, they're doing another Blood and Honey. Yeah. So. Yeah. It must have done all right. <laughs> yep. It, I mean, did. It cost them like five bucks and a Coke. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Sure. I mean, there's the same thing. You saw how instantly they had all the the weird Mickey Mouse stuff ready to go. You know, there's a, they're doing a horror movie. There's a fucking Phasmophobia game, style game with him in it. Like, there's a, yeah. like a Resident Evil game with him in it. Like, as long as it's the Steamboat Willie version, they can yeah. do whatever they want. And it's stupid. You know, it's, it's, dumb like yeah. it's, it's kind of the thing it's like okay well i'm trying sure, to cash in sure glad we have all these inspired works <laughs> to draw from now it's like okay like how do you are you happy with this, this is the new prince of persia i am yeah, yeah i think they great. made the right choice yeah i think great. this i think this property may have died if they hadn't done yeah if this like is this. i mean i don't expect them to make big 3d epic adventures anymore but if this is what it becomes that's great yeah it is also i think it's what it's like a Sixty dollar game. It's not seventy. 60. It's full. It's full price. It's seventy if you get like the collectors, whatever. I yeah. Think, with but it's not a seventy dollar game. It is sixty. It's, 60. it's a little cheaper. And early on, I was like sixty bucks for this thing. Is it? But then you play it and you're like, oh no, this is a full fledged game. Yeah. This is a, this is a I real mean, there thing. are there are some corners that are cut. Like I said, like the cinematics, the conversations, those are very indie game ish with just the images with the text and that kind of stuff. Somewhat, like, but they are they are lip synced. Yeah. Which is and nice. there are legitimate the only, cinematics as well. Yeah. There's full of cinematics. There's full cinematic kills. There's full. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of enemy detail variety. The bosses are all very different. You know, they, they, yeah. they put in lots a lot of, of bosses. Work. Um, the only bosses. the only issue I have with any of that is that there's one of your one of the immortals is the archer guy. Is it the archer? No, it's a, it's one of the the sword guy. But he has like a half of his face is covered by like a bronze sculpture. Like half his face looks like a bronze like Assyrian sculpture, mm-hmm. and. That switches sides depending on which side of the screen his character portrait. Pops oh, in interesting. On. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> so they're basically just mirroring done. the you image. Just leaned him this other way. I don't know. Instead of that. redrawing yeah. it, they just flipped it. Yeah, I'm a, it's but better you, than AI. But art, the thing I guess. is, like, you don't even need to redraw it. You could just have him lean in the other direction with this. I mean, you don't need yeah. to flip him You're for right. that. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, I, 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 that doesn't happen with the character model, obviously, because it's a 3D character model. But like, I just thought it was weird that yeah, they yeah. did that. Yep. Um, and it, and you can tell, like, it's it's obviously not pushing the hardware because it does run on Switch and yeah. it runs on pretty much everything. Although there is there is a weird problem. I haven't run into it, but there's a there's a key item. There's a key item. It's literally a key. Yeah. yeah. And on a bunch of people's systems on PC, as soon as they got the key, 
it dropped from like 120 frames to 90 or what? 80 and they don't know why like just getting that <laughs> item really for some weird. reason tanks the frame whoa. rate whoa that's crazy so like people are trying to figure out what happened there yeah interesting um, but otherwise it runs great but it, it again it is available for switch and pretty much everything um and so it isn't like bleeding edge graphically but it's stylized mm-hmm. the art style works I would argue it looks it, a little bit like fortnite i would argue it looks about as good as any of these 2d metroid games do yeah like i mean it's it's top of the line for its subgenre. yeah yeah no question i mean the animation's top notch yeah it does have a little bit of an indie game vibe to it, I would say. Yeah, just because it's 2D, I guess. But 2D, like, the graphics aren't bleeding edge, but... But there's nothing wrong with that. But it plays very well. Yeah. Um, um, it ain't no indie game. It's made by Ubisoft. Right. You know? I'm just saying, well, we can go back to the spirit of what an indie game is, or if it actually is an indie game, which it's not, because it's made by Ubisoft. But but it has those vibes to it at times. Sort of, but I don't really think of it that way because, to me, it's the direct descendant of Metroid, which is the opposite of an indie game because Nintendo made it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, yep. there was a time when this was the mainstream stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that was, like, 30 years ago, 40 yeah, years ago. But it's, you know, it's, it doesn't, you know, no indie game Metroidvania looks this good. That's true. Yep. Um, Except Blood, for, I think Metroid Dread probably looks better. But that's not an indie game. Yeah. Blood, Bloodstained. Well, this isn't either. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, this is head and shoulders. You can tell it's not an indie game because it looks so damn good. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's I mean, some the clo- 2D the pixel is, art Metroidvanias that look pretty look damn really good. good for what they are, but yeah. they don't look like that. Yeah. Like, the production value on this is a head and shoulders. Yeah, they, above they anything, invested a lot more money. Above anything it. except maybe Bloodstained, but even Bloodstained doesn't have the in-game cutscenes. No, no, you're right. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yep. That I mean, that absolutely is an indie game for sure. Oh, Bloodstained. yeah. Um, so anyway, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Do you recommend that people buy it, Matt? 100%. I think you have to, I would it's say. It's the best game so far this year. Because <laughs> it's the that. only game I've played so far this year. Um, <laughs> no, it's great. If, if you look at this and think like, yeah, that looks cool like Prince of Persia to me, like you, you'll like it. If you like Metroidvanias at all, like this is great. Yeah. This is a great one. And it doesn't have any fucking ME sequences, so it's better than yeah. Metroid Dread. That's for sure. <laughs> I liked it a lot more than Metroid Dread. Not even close. Um I think we've done a pretty good job describing it today. I think people mm-hmm. know probably whether they'd be into it or not. I would say you you probably need to be a pretty big fan of Metroidvanias to enjoy it. Um, because it is. And it's a little bit more of a combat-driven Metroidvania versus like puzzle-driven or level-design-driven, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know what you're getting into at this point after you've heard us discuss yeah. it. I mean, the only thing that would hold me back from it would be like there's a ton of shit coming out in the next two weeks. Yeah, and you're right. And that's why I do struggle a little bit to recommend that people buy it. Yeah. I, here's what I would say. It's not go, it'll be around. Yeah. You know? I would go watch Dossier, if you haven't watched it already, to see stuff that's coming out at the end of the month. And then maybe to start poking around and look for release calendars for the first couple weeks of February. Because there are pretty big games coming all the way through the end mm-hmm. of January and the first couple weeks of February. Yeah, I guess so, I would admit that if I was if I was really not doing the show, this show... And I was just playing for myself. I probably would be like, "Well, I this does look cool to me, but I'm about to dive into Infinite Wealth." Yeah, because Tekken Eight, Infinite and, Wealth. Like, no, I would just be like, "I'm gonna play Infinite Wealth." Like a <laughs> You're right. I mean, that game's gonna be big. Like I'm, yeah. you know, and instead I'm gonna have to play a little bit of that and then force myself to play Tekken Eight and Suicide <laughs> Squad. Yeah. But yeah. like, in a realistic situation, like that. You know, Q-A-M. Infinite Wealth would be all I need until probably Q2. You're you know? probably right. I mean, that game, I'm guessing, is probably going to be 50, 60 hours long. Yeah. That game looks insane, by the way. Yeah. I actually can't wait to play that. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. No, I think it's it's definitely the most interesting release yeah. of the first quarter to me. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. 
Um, and that's coming soon too. So just all things to consider. Um, I'm happy with what Ubisoft did with the IP though. Mm-hmm. Like it's headed in the right it direction. Blo- it kind of blows my mind now that people complained about this when they first revealed right. it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I think like, now nah, they, this is pretty great. This is probably I think now what they, they should be doing. I think it's Metacritic is like an eight. Mm-hmm. That's a little high for me, I think, but. Eight? No, I'd a, say it's, uh, to me, I'd say that's low. Really? I would put this in the nine range. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I would not. For sure I think, not. I think this is great. Oh. For me, it would be like high seven, mid seven, something like that. No, wait. I would, that's, I would think I think that's way too low. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, difference, a little bit of a dif- difference of opinion, but not the spirit of the game. No. I think we agree on the spirit of it for sure. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to come back in the game of the year conversation in December, but it's just like, I'm. this is the best Prince of Persia game, not just in the last 10 years, because there's been nothing <laughs> else that came out. I'd put this in the upper echelon of the franchise. In I'd general. agree with that. Yep. I would agree with that. So there you go. That's Prince of Persia. The Lost Crown is available for everything, and it is 60 bucks. And I think it's 60 bucks on Switch as well, right? I think it's 50 on Switch. Oh, it is cheaper? I think, the, I think it's cheaper on Switch. Okay. I might be wrong. That might. I don't, I don't have it on Switch. There aren't right. many $70 games on Switch. No. So that actually might make sense. If every other game is 60, chop the 10 bucks off to 50. Yeah, I can't remember if it was maybe it was fifty and sixty for the deluxe. This is where the chat's always awesome, and you guys aren't there. I told Matt before we started the show that I feel naked without you guys on the um, show. <laughs> I don't Seriously, remember. I feel weird not being able to call out to you guys for like fact checking and stuff. That'll be fixed for next week's episode. Don't uh, you worry about it. No, it's 50, 50 for the standard game, sixty for the deluxe. Okay, so there you go. That's about right. Yeah, it is right. I guess you could. You might. I mean, you look at the game, and I do think it does. Like especially in screenshots or just in instant impression, it does have the indie feel. So there might be a an element of like fifty for that, but it is. It's worth. It's. I think it it's is. worth. Yeah, it. I don't have a problem with that at all. So there you go. It's Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown available for everything. Matt and I say, at the very least, if you like Metroidvanias, you should definitely pick it up. Uh, next up. We're going to preview Nintendo for 2024. Right now, we only know, like, first half of 2024 for Nintendo. All the games that we know that we're about to go through, all of them are currently scheduled to come out before the midpoint of the year. Um, I'm assuming here in the next month or so, Nintendo will do some kind of a direct or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, they don't really need to until, like, april they don't i mean a lot of it's so we're going to start this discussion they've got the first half of their year sort of locked down so they don't really need i mean they, they would do some stuff to like promote specific games but in terms of announcing a bunch of new stuff they don't need to do that for another three months you're right you'll see when we start getting to the games that they pretty much have the at least the first quarter book solid and pretty much the first half of the year book solid with a wealth of exclusives more already than we have mm-hmm. for playstation than we talked about in last week's episode and yet it still kind of feels like they're tap dancing until the switch 2 gets announced right and that's where we're going to start our discussion today we're going to start discussing the switch 2 because in 2024 there's no bigger nintendo story than the follow-up the successor if it is to mm-hmm. nintendo switch now we do have a couple clues already the game shark people blew it for them right well as it turns out they were talking out of their ass mm-hmm. they came back and were like no we were just guessing uh-huh. So there is a new Game Shark, by the way. <laughs> Nintendo's lawyers with their <laughs> knives to our throats are telling us that we were guessing. Yeah. There is a new Game Shark, by the way. It's like an AI-driven yes. like cheat AI system. Shark. Yeah, it's like is AI the, Shark. I have seen... So the, in the in the aftermath of G4 shutting down, uh, you know, uh, 12 years ago... <laughs> That's crazy um, to think about. The, uh, the I you know I was looking for new jobs and new things and and one of the things I continually ran into in, ter- in terms of like biz dev mm-hmm. stuff was everybody was work was trying to make like an AI app for the next gen systems that was going to be a cheat app that was going to like detect when you sucked and say hey do you want help basically uh, 
especially on the Xbox One. The, uh, the OS for that was supposed to be custom designed to be able to support things like that. Mm-hmm. And every single time, if I asked too many questions, I just made them mad. <laughs> like I'm like, well, how would that work with it? They're like, mm, we're just gonna have to figure that. Out. That's what we need you to. I'm like, well, I'm asking you that because there's no way to do that. So I want to know how you solve that before I sign on for this shit. And I did not get those calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny um, how that worked. As soon, as soon as you ask too many realistic questions, they don't want to hear about it. Yep. Um, but this has been a thing. I mean, in fact, it wouldn't surprise me if it, I haven't done any really digging into any of this. Um, wouldn't surprise me if whoever is like the executive on top of the heap for this thing is one of the guys I had one of those meetings with. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, this has been an obsession with a certain segment of biz dev forever. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't need an AI to tell me when I suck at the game. I know when I suck at the game. <laughs> I and out. I have Google for that. Yeah, so. Exactly. Or the games even tell you now if you die three times a quick succession a lot of games will say hey you're getting your ass kicked you want to drop down the difficulty would you like to solve a puzzle i mean also i don't really run into that my thing is always like i don't know what you want me to do right i don't know what the puzzle is asking me to do and so i'll just like google it and figure it out i get um i don't know if the ai is gonna be smart enough for that (laughs) i doubt it um yeah i doubt it at any rate yeah they said basically that we can't wait to relaunch in september alongside the new switch yeah everyone's like what? what? Yeah. Like, oh, we were just, just like, oh, huh? You, you're integrated in the new Switch, and you accidentally are just making up. Come on. So, so you think that's real? I think that's real. Interesting. I think they, I think they backtracked because Nintendo said, "Would you like to still be on our fucking platform, you dumb shit?" People at, at CAS were playing fast and loose with some. I mean, that was the people that did the the AI Mario interactive right. thing, where yeah. it didn't sound like Mario at all. It was like this AI is like, it's like it's a me Mario. It was, it was like what the? And yeah, like, there's no way no that was in, sanctioned by no, Nintendo. It wasn't, it wasn't sanctioned. Oh, it turns out it wasn't. No, they, they admitted oh. it. The next day. Wasn't I'm like oh the, the Nintendo lawyers are aware oh. now. You How could talk? you do something so dumb? Apparently, it was not sanctioned by the top of that company there were just people in the booth that decided to went do Mario. rogue oh my <laughs> that's what i read anyway allegedly and they were dumb um, so i don't know what <laughs> happened beyond dumb. that but i assure you they yeah. are that shit is on nintendo's radar now yeah i'm do not place a lot of faith in the september thing like that company seems so out of touch with what's going on in the industry like well, the thing is, though, I, I'm sure they're out of touch with the stuff in the industry, but I guarantee you, that if they're on the Switch too, they know when that comes. They, they know when they need the to partner, be ready. They would know, yeah. They need, and some idiot decided they just, you know, not realize because that's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I, look, I don't personally know how you get to the point where I know you talk about this all the time. You know, it's your deadline. You know, when you have to, you need stuff to be done internally. You know that this is what you're working towards. But at no point do I ever forget who I'm talking to right. when I'm talking about NDA <laughs> shit. Like, it's just like, how? Like, that's why I just don't believe it's real. No, that's why I do believe it's real. Like, because they had I, to have signed an NDA. They, they did, but they're stupid. I mean, how can you be that dumb? I don't know. Look what they're making. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> okay, so here's what we... At least some of the people in that company own Bored Apes. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So, so that's what you're dealing with. Well, here's what we know. As far as the rumors that we've heard so far that I trust at least over 50% is that it's going to be the same console handheld hybrid. Yeah. It's going to be a Switch. Why wouldn't it be? It, yeah, it has a dock that you plug it into. I wouldn't <laughs> Nintendo be su- is not the Smite developers. They know where, yeah. where their bread is buttered. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't need a dock. Is there some other kind of a thing that you plug it into to plug I, it into the TV? I would think, I think it's going to have a more elegant yeah right that's a good way to put it yeah like it's probably not gonna be a big hunky chunky piece of plastic toaster yeah yeah i i I kind of yeah i do agree with that i think it'll still have a literal dock right something that you need to plug it into so it plays on the tv it'll look less like 
I don't even. I mean, that just, it might just be a freaking HDMI cable or something. Like, there, there's going to be a place to with a dongle. No, on it, one it'll end. be something you place it on to charge it as well. I mean, yeah. it has to be that. It has to charge this. That's system. true. Yeah. I just think it'll be more elegant than a weird toaster. Okay. You know, that's the. It, it, I mean, it didn't. Well, remember it. Don't forget the dock initially scratched the screens yeah. of the Nintendo Switch. In fact, it scratched the screen of my launch Nintendo Switch, and mine just sat in the dock and never moved, mm-hmm. just sitting there, barely rattling back and forth. Scratched the screen of my OG Switch, which is kind of crazy. So we know I, it's mine a hasn't been out of the dock in literally years. <laughs> so I'm not. I don't know if it scratched my screen. So it's a switch. We know that, and we're pretty we're pretty behind that idea that it's a, a hybrid. Yeah. Also, if they don't call it the Super Nintendo Switch, they are <laughs> morons. Like that is. I will bet cash money. It has to be called the Super Nintendo Switch. That could be our next bet. It has. Now that the Steelers bet is over, we have yeah. another running bet that goes on a game face. Um, I don't want to step on uh, Easy Allies' toes. They do a bunch of betting stuff on there. I don't even know how it works, honestly. I don't think Easy Allies owns betting. It just seems like it's kind of their thing. I it's don't know. betting. They don't, I know. It's I not under- like the Fantasy League. You invented that, but that's different. Yeah. That's, a, that's a concept. Betting has been around before Easy Allies yeah, was around, I, I guarantee you, you. I still think people would be like, oh, you're trying to take their idea. Um, but nobody does that for us with the video game fantasy leagues. <laughs> so anyway, um, we can agree that it's a sw- another Switch. It's a hybrid console. And the other thing that I'm pretty much convinced of that has come out is that it will have bring last... that guy back, too. I want to see that man's hair again. Do you want me to bring it back? No, I see in the, in the Switch 2 video, <laughs> oh, I, want, I want that actor to come back because I want to see what his hair looks like. How funny would it be if they did now. it all meta and they actually brought back the same people that they yeah. used? <laughs> <laughs> be kind of, that's way too clever, though. That'll never happen. Also, those kids are like 18 now. Right. So. <laughs> that's a fucking, it's been like seven years, if you think about it. Um, and then the other thing that I think both Matt and I are kind of behind is that it has the power of last-gen consoles. It's going to be like a PS4, PS4 yeah. like an Xbox One in, in, in a handheld form factor, which is still pretty impressive. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's not, I think that'll what, be good if enough. If you're expecting anything else from the successor to the Switch, I don't know what planet you're on. Yeah. Like, that's fine yeah what it's, else do you think we might get though with it like what's their big like there's gonna be a new, big dumb gimmick do you thing think, well, yeah. that or do you think there's gonna be a new joy con i mean i'm sure there'll be some kind of stream or a kind of modification of the joy con but i'm pretty sure they're gonna use the same thing even with the issues that they've had with the drift and everything yeah well because they're gonna you're gonna have to be able to play switch stuff on it i wouldn't be surprised if they remake the joy con so that you can replace the stick housing in some way that would be nice. I feel like controllers are kind of heading that direction because who wants to have to take returns? Maybe they'll do of, like a deluxe Joy-Cons that mm-hmm. you can do that on. Right. They would call it deluxe. That's exactly yeah. what they would call it. But I, I mean, who Nintendo doesn't want to have to keep this. is What a hassle it is. Constantly getting people sending you their Joy-Con that you either repair mm-hmm. or replace. Like, I no don't know what else do you that. do with it because like they pack so much stuff in those things that barely gets used. Mm-hmm. Like so much of that stuff is the IR thing. Almost no one uses that, and I don't mean like p- gamers. I mean like developers. Developers yeah. they just don't use it. You know, Wario most Switch, most Switch game games are just ga- games. Yeah, they are. You know. Yep. Um, they don't make it cheaper to build to make the Joy-Con. They'd yeah. be like, look, if you want to go back and play these old Switch One games, use an old Joy-Con. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be compatible. Yeah, I mean, but um, it won't have, like, the IR, maybe some of the other stuff in it. Like, 3D Rumble or whatever the hell that was supposed to be. Which yeah, that never <laughs> really okay, worked out. Whatever that was. I hope the Pro Controller carries forward, because yeah. I'd rather not have to buy another one of those. Yeah, and look, I can't see chat, but Matt can. If you guys have any ideas on what you think might be included on the new Switch, feel free to put them in the chat, and we'll share them here on the show. 
because uh, you guys are pretty creative in your own right, and you guys might be able to come up the with some pretty cool they, ideas. They think that um, it's powerful enough now that they could like be implementing some kind of AR stuff with it. Okay, I'm not sure how that would end up working. I mean, that's it's true. It is powerful enough to do something like that if it's in the PS4 realm. Yeah, but like it doesn't seem like Nintendo's thing. Well, they remember was it the 3DS that they sent out with the AR cards? Mm-hmm. Which I still have somewhere. Yeah. So Nintendo has dabbled in AR before, but you're right; it's not like a crux of what They've it never does. Never really embraced it. I just don't. I don't think Nintendo would do that. Like it. I don't. I think it. It to your point, the Switch plays freaking games. Yeah. I don't think Nintendo wants to get away from this gimmicky crap that it has to kind of keep up with, and like mm-hmm. we're making fun of like 3D Rumble right now. Like, yeah, I think they they want all the abilities the Joy-Con provides. Like, because sometimes they do use things like that. Yeah. But it really, the Switch is where they finally relearned where their bread is buttered, and that's yeah. in the games. Like, really all it needs. Games. You don't need the Wiimote. You don't need the Wii, Wii U gamepad. You don't need the heart sensor. You don't need, just make games. Yeah. Just make, you know, it works. You know what fucking worked? Super Mario Odyssey. Right, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, even their flagship games like Tears of the Kingdom, it doesn't use the Joy-Con yeah. all that much. No, like as long as you have like the aiming with the controller, yeah, that people the I don't gyros. Like, I don't like it, but as long I don't like it very much. But as long as you have gyro aiming, I think everybody's happy. I agree. That's all the new Joy-Con need is gyro aiming. That's mm-hmm. it. That's pretty much it. So we'll see. But my guess is there'll be some kind of a tweak on the Joy-Con controller. I don't think we're. It's just going to be hey, just plug your old Joy-Con right into the new Switch and it works lickety split. They might. But there, I think there's going to be a new advanced take. There will on be it. some kind of advantage to having the new Joy-Con, yeah. whatever it is. Like there will be a reason to have the new. I mean, it'll also come with a system, so you're yeah. stuck with it. But like, how big do you think the hard drive is? The storage space? Because it's a joke right now, and they just make you buy the SD. Cards. I think you're going to have to buy an SD card. Me too. I think it'll be like again, like 32 gigs on the system or whatever. Not yeah. even that, probably. Yeah, something like that. Like eight gigs or something. Maybe more like 64. I'll say 60. I'll say it has 64 in, built in. Okay. Because I think the OS is gonna have a footprint. Well, the other thing too, right now, Switch games are nothing. Right. Like Tears of the Kingdom is like five gigs or something. Yeah, well, ridiculous. also they have the advantage in that if you buy a physical copy of a Switch game, it doesn't actually install it to the hard drive. Right. It actually runs from the cartridge. off the card. Yeah. The only system that does that right now. Yeah, you're right. So there, there, that is nice. I do like that. Um, that I don't have to have Zelda installed. Will That's there be cool. cards? I think so. I, think, I do too. I think they keep all that the same. Yeah. Um, and I think the, I think the SD card for especially for a portable thing, I think the SD card is the right way to go. Because if I want to go out and get some huge crazy. SD card? I can. That's, that's my... my yeah. It's a lot easier than fucking opening the PS5 up and sticking a new hard drive in it. You know? I agree with that. I just hope that they have a little bit more onboard storage. I think they it. will just because the games are a little bigger. They're going to be a little bigger. The, the well, that's the thing I was getting at. I like, think it's going to be like proportionally equivalent to what the Switch 1 has. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Like Right now, it's not that big a deal that they have a small hard drive because their games are like a gig or two gigs or five gigs mm-hmm. or whatever. That's all going to change yeah. once they start making games that try to even be 4K. Right. But at the same time, it's like this SD card thing is the right way to go with that because you can get like a decently fast 256 gigabyte uh, SD card for like 17 bucks. I know, it's insane. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that it's, it's not a PS, it's not a Vi, uh, Vita situation where they're like right. you know, holding you over a barrel because you have to buy proprietary, proprietary expansions. Thing, which yeah. those things are Still obscenely expensive because nobody has any of them. Yeah, well, they're not manufacturing. It's not making them anymore. So if you want to save a game on the Vita, you got to go buy one. It's like five hundred (laughs) dollars. It's nuts. (laughs) So anyway, if you uh, need money real quick, go sell your fucking Vita memory. Yeah, how nuts is that? I also think an Ethernet port will be built into it. That's a part of like the OLED Mm. switch or whatever. 
um, that wasn't a part. Wait, the did the first dock, dock have yeah. Ethernet in it? Well, no, no it didn't. Had, you, had you had to use, use the, the dongle. You had to use the dongle from the Wii U. Right, yeah. So I think this Switch 2 will have an Ethernet port or built into Wii, it rather. natively. Um, what do you say? The Wii. You had to use the dongle from the from Wii. From the Wii, yeah, to make it work, yeah. And now the OLED model of Switch has an Ethernet port. I think Switch 2 will also have an Ethernet port. I think they learned their lesson on that one. Yeah, yeah. I think they learned a lesson on the storage a little bit, too. I agree with you. I think we'll get both. I think we'll get a bigger hard drive mm. and the option to expand I think it. the bigger hard drive is going to be proportionate to the bigger game. So like, it's you're still not going to be really able to store more than a couple games on it. Um, yeah, you're gonna, I agree. So, but it's just like that's how it goes. Yeah, it's better than having to buy like this proprietary like drive thing for PlayStation yeah. Five, where you got to make sure you have the heat sink installed, or or then you have the proprietary Xbox ones, which are nice. You just plug them in, but still, you can't just go buy like those cheap. It's like they're still right. licensed and blah blah blah. So hundred something, uh, two hundred some cases. Right. If you want the big one, yeah. SD cards, simple. Yeah. So I think that's the right way to go about it. So. What else can you think of that you might see in the Switch 2? Hmm. We cover controller, interface. Oh, we, we obviously agree that all games are going to be able to be played on Switch 2. Yeah. It's going to be backwards compatible with all Switch 1 software. Your whole library will come forward. No, You don't have an option with that anymore. Yeah, all the other accoutrement from Nintendo Switch Online, yeah, I think all that's going to all go forward. It'll all be compatible. They'll, I mean, those, both systems will exist alongside each other for years. This is a big deal, though, Matt, because remember, Nintendo has made us rebuy this stuff yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it's only in the last couple generations that, like, everybody's finally figured out that your account needs to carry forward. I mean, Microsoft was the first to really piece it together. Yeah. But your account needs to be able to carry forward everything you've spent money on. Yeah. You know, um, th they know the lesson that Smite 2 is learning. Right. Already. Yeah. yeah. And they can throw hundreds of man hours at it. Yeah. So. I think it'll be seamless. I think you plug in your Switch 2 and it just... Yeah, you I just think... You, plug in your Nintendo Online account. Yeah, you load, load your account in and everything's right there. Sucks it right down in. You know, None of the goofy... Remember, Install like, whatever the, you want. The goofy, like... Was it... Upgrading from Wii U to Switch, where it had this animation that showed like all your me getting on a plane. Oh, that was a uh, Wii to Wii U. Was that Wii to Wii U? Yeah, <laughs> just so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Or like the da the download on the DS or the 3DS was just like dropping the little cubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think we'll see any stuff like that. It's so I think funny. Like it's so funny how Nintendo felt always felt the need to like make the internet seem so friendly. It was like, it was like it was like AOL or like E World. It can't back just in have a meter. Like, it's it's got to like, have like it's like we need to have a little mail truck drive up and be like you have mail. It's like guys just. Just, I mean, I kind of like that about Nintendo. Like, it's it definitely was its brand. It was it was yeah. it was on brand. But there's an element. It's like, guys, how much faster would this go if you weren't playing a fucking graphic the whole right. time? Like, just... <laughs> hey, uh, check chat real quick before we move on to the software and make sure someone else hasn't posted any ideas for Switch Two hardware. There's some skepticism over full backwards compatibility, which really? I, don't, I don't think is accurate. Why yeah. are they skeptical about it? Because Nintendo's never done that before. Oh, okay. Which I mean, you're right, but yeah. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And the Switch and the Switch 2, I don't think, are going to have... I mean, the main reason, I think, some of that was the environment of the... The OS environment and the hardware were so different. The account. The account, the account never carried migrate. over. I mean, yeah. the, and what, this account will migrate, so yes. it doesn't make sense to And do that is what different. tells me that that is going to happen. Is Nintendo has... The, the one thing Nintendo that, has yeah. messaged about Switch 2 is that yeah, the Nintendo my, account is going to carry over. Yeah, my Nintendo account works on my 3DS still. And, right. like, and that's more or less sort of... Talk, which actually reminds me, I gotta resubscribe to the Pokemon mailbox thing because I'm about to lose oh, right. all my old Pokemon. All right, <laughs> that's I forgot I, about that. That's yeah. been like a half a year since I forgot to renew that. I got to do that right now. Yeah, I got to transfer all my rare Pokemon back into the games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it's 
I would say with 95% certainty that backwards compat's going to work. Yeah, I, there, there's no way. There's yeah. no way they make what you a, lose all that I stuff. Mean, that would be a huge ball drop. Oh, crazy. Like, <laughs> crazy. We would definitely be roasting them here on Game Face, that's for sure. Um, anything else that they had for hardware? Um, mm, not really. No. Achievements or trophies. Oh, um, that's they, an interesting idea. They don't seem very interested in that. Well, they do it on a game-by-game basis. They have, what are they called, like stickers or whatever? Yeah. Like, some games will have achievements Yeah, it's sort of like them. that, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same. Um, well, it's I mean, not there, a universal. There are games that, like, the Xenoblade games do have achievements in the game. Right, They're that's what I'm saying. system-wide. Right. System-wide um, achievements, I mean, I think that's something Nintendo fans have wanted for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So it might be worthwhile. Some uh, uh, speculation that because the Steam Deck and other things have shown that like you can have a much more expensive, powerful console that they might be willing to put the price higher. Mm. Like, I see that. That's our final guess is what sort the Sort of, is. but like also like Nintendo also knows what they've been, su- what they've been successful at price point-wise, and there's no reason to mess with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, what do you think it's going to sell for? I think it's over 300. 300? I'm going four. Because the Switch does sell for four. And this is going to be more advanced hardware wise. Switch is four? Well, it was. Like now, is it. I would not have bought the Switch if it was $400. Was it 300? It was 250. 250? At launch? Was it? 250. Really? How did I forget that? I don't know. That, that was definitely two fifty. So it's two fifty now, still for the OLED, and then two hundred for the OG Switch and for the light. The light may be like one seventy now or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the light is anymore. Yeah, one seventy, one ninety nine. Launch was three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah, I thought it was an even number. So you're right. It probably well, no, would, it I might would, be four hundred. I think it'll stay three hundred. I think it'll be three hundred, maybe three fifty, but I think three hundred is your sweet spot for for a handheld system that's powered the same as a as a system that came out I agree with that that doesn't mean Nintendo will do it though no it doesn't but I, th- <laughs> but I think that price point is, is where they've been super successful and, and that's what they need to do like that, I yeah. mean, they, they know that that's where their bread is buttered like they'll, they'll make it up in software I it's promise. hard to argue with the success of the Switch yeah so you're probably right do like Nintendo's probably boat. looking at like you know what there's certain things that we did with the Switch that we should just need to do again and that might be one of them the price point because there's really nothing more important than the price point so you may be right I'm still gonna guess 400, um, because again, I think 400 is suicide. Like I don't know, man. There's a much. lot of Nintendo loyalists out there. It's too much. Yeah, it's not worth, the, the hardware doesn't cost that much. It's still it's way cheaper it. than PS5 and Xbox Series X. It's 100 bucks cheaper. That's not. Yeah. That's not way still cheaper. Still cheaper. 300. It's two games. Be 300. All right, we'll see. Um, so you're saying three. I'm saying four. What's oh. chat saying? Are they saying anything? 300. Yeah. Uh, cheapest Steam Deck's 350. So 350 is kind of where you you could go there and. You sort of position yourself alongside the Steam Deck, but I also like this. Even the weakest Steam Deck is more powerful than what this thing's probably going to be able to do. Probably, yeah. So unless you're really trying to make up the cost of whatever's in the Joy Cons, three hundred. Okay, gotta be three hundred. All right, we'll see. So there's our preview of hardware from Nintendo in 2024. Obviously, the successor to Switch. I think 100 percent. We're mm-hmm. I think it's coming this year. Yeah, I would. I would think so. But was it Bill Zibub 13 says 350, same as the current OLED. Which okay. Is awesome. I mean, three fifty for the new one. Drop the OLED to three hundred. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, but four a four hundred. I think four hundred is a. That's a that's a red zone. It's a step pretty far. That's for sure. Four hundred dollars for a fucking Nintendo system. That's crazy. It's it's no way. 
No yeah, way. That would never happen. That would be unprecedented. I mean, we will pay $400 with a bundle and all the, right. you know, all the yeah. shit you'll have to do. Yeah, to that's, get not, I'm talking, yeah, that's but, not what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but the system itself, yeah, I, can't, MSRP. I cannot see them going over 350 That okay. would be nuts. All right. Let's start talking about some software from Nintendo for 2024. As we said earlier, um, it has a schedule um, of games that's coming out here in the next six months, and then it just ends, which might lead you to believe that around June, July, August might be when the next Switch is coming out. Yeah, I don't think it's July, August, but I think September. You th- so you think that date... That I think was, September is probably accurate. It probably is. It lets and they get, may have just been guessing, it gives, too, It gives honestly. you the big launch thing. It gets you all the main... The, the, the launch games out. It gets lets it sell out, and it gives you a month and a half to brief... To re to make for another, the holidays. To make another wave to put out for the holiday for Black Friday, and then you might even get another production wave out before Christmas. Right before Christmas, yeah. Just like the, Just like the N64. Yeah. So the N64 came out in August. Yes. Was it? I thought that was September 9th. No, maybe it was September 9th. I remember. No, I'm thinking nine nine ninety nine. That's where I'm getting September 9th. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but I remember. I I knew some people that had it because I didn't get that till Christmas that year. I knew some people that we were playing Super Mario Brothers at the end of August. I walked in on launch day and just bought it. I didn't pre-order it or anything because we were playing Super Mario Mario 64 before I went back to college. Yeah, which would have been Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yep. Now that might have. That was also a time when things broke. Street dates showed up a little early. There was no concrete release date. For stuff no you're right point. it was a little nebulous for sure all right let's start talking about the games as we said we have games pretty much leading up until the midpoint of the year first up the first game to come out that is a switch console exclusive is a game called another code recollection this was in dossier is one of the 10 games that we recommended checking out for the month it comes out like next week all right i like these games on the on the ds did you play the second one that only came out in japan i did because um, I think that was they, I think there was an, it was in English or it was not that hard to play without understanding. These are like detective adventures. Yeah. You don't need to understand the language all that much to play them. I mean, you do because they're they're visual novels. But I, if I remember right, there was a there were in they were the Japanese. It was like Phoenix Wright. There was still an English version. In yeah. It, or uh, what was it? There was an ho- English language hotel, option. The sequel to Hotel Dusk. Oh yeah. Maybe it was it was it maybe I got the European version. That's what I did with Hotel Dusk sequel. Huh. I can't remember the name of the Hotel Dust sequel, but it was like the sequel only came out in Europe. Okay. And when I was in Europe uh, at one point, I went. I specifically went to a game store and bought that. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is collects both the games into one, yeah. and they've been gussied up because these games were what, DS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they obviously did not look like this when we played no, them back in the day. Step up. It's a huge upgrade visually for these. But this is two games in one. It comes before the end of January. Um, a slow start for Switch. It's really the only, other than third-party stuff, it's the only exclusive for Switch in January. Um, so you might want to check that out again. It's called Another Code Recollection. Next up, Mario versus Donkey Kong. This is also a, I would call this probably a, uh, it's probably a remaster, I guess. Oh, is this not new? No, this is a remake of also was this a GBA or a DS? They were they were on G. I thought this was a was a new a new game in this series. No, uh uh-uh. It's a remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> of the original game. Hmm. Um obviously huge upgrade as far as the visuals are concerned. But this is a um for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it is a puzzle platformer. Like the platforming in this isn't about like, wow, here's a bunch of really difficult jumps I have to perform. It's more about like, as you can see in the B-roll, just using your brain to figure out how to get from point A to point B. Man, there's so many remasters and rem- like it's they're they're just 
mark in time i know the new system it really it really is yeah i mean that's pretty much all switch has you'll see here as we keep going through these games almost all of the games that are scheduled for switch to come out are like this they're like an old game that they've revived we just got super mario rpg in was it november or december that launched november i think november yeah, yeah. um and that was kind of the beginning of this and now we're just that's pretty much all we're getting is remakes i mean if this opens up the development's resources for switch Two launch games i'm all about it yeah <laughs> like, i mean it's better than putting nothing out exactly which, which is, is what, what nintendo us, would have yeah. done for the last like four consoles yeah, that remember, it's released yeah, we remember the wii u yeah this is coming out on february 16th so not much longer to wait just a couple more weeks for this to come out again this is already available on gba um it is an older game um, did you like it when you played it the first time? I don't really remember. It's a kind of a Lemmings like almost it's a, it's game. A, it's a puzzle game. It's, yeah, I, I think it was, I'm not a huge Donkey Kong fan. I'm not so. a huge puzzle platformer I guy. I don't other mind them, but than like, Captain Toad. Donkey Kong doesn't appeal to me. I mean, honestly, the the, the pinnacle of of puzzle platformer stuff is Zack and Wiki. Yeah, uh, nothing beats that. You want to remaster something? Remaster that. That would be a great Capcom. idea, actually. There's a um, few. GameCube games that they might be smart to throw some money at these third parties to, yeah, like to, a, or like, how about you know what I would do? I mean, if you really want to look at like kind of a real like kind of remaster department at Nintendo, you should go back and look at some of these things that are super valuable on the collector's market because they were underprinted or rare or whatever, and put those out. Like, yeah, do a, do a quick little Cubivore remaster, yeah, and people would buy that. Yeah, people. It's better than paying five, six hundred dollars oh. for it on the GameCube. Is that how much it is now? It can be a sealed. My yeah. problem is that I bought Animal Leader. I brought the bought the Japanese version mm -hmm. of it because mm -hmm. I imported it because because that needed... one's not as rare, right? Because Cubivore was the limited print because it was like that was the because golden people age. People didn't of, think it was going to come right. to the West. Well, that was the golden age of like some something weird got translated for the West, but they either couldn't afford to or weren't confident enough to put out too many copies so it's yeah. only like this many copies so those are the valuable ones that's why i imported it because i'm like there's the game was so weird i'm like there's no way in hell they're going to release this game in america and then was yeah. it atlas i think that atlas did that published yeah. it yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff in that generation that's like i mean a lot of the horror games on ps2 are like the haunting ground yeah yeah rule of rose, rule yeah. Of rose goes for like a thousand dollars now i might have it's that. not even that good i might I, have that i have it it's sealed i never i never opened it I, th I think about it all the time. <laughs> like, oh, That's awesome. Get that sucker graded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Mario vs. Donkey Kong comes out February 16th for Switch, so not much long to wait for that one. Here is one of the rare original games and one of the weirdest games of the entire Switch era, Princess Peach Showtime. This game, I well, mean... Paradox is uh, Rule of Rose goes for $1,000 opened. Wow. Sealed is more than that. mine is opened. I don't have a sealed one. Well, you got a thousand dollars sitting there. You can go, <laughs> I'll take it. Go unload that shit. Uh, Princess Peach Showtime, easily the weirdest first party, in, including WarioWare. This is easily the weirdest first party Nintendo Switch game, without a doubt. Yeah, I it's probably the one I'm most interested in, though. Like, it's, it's so it's bizarre. bizarre. It's like Princess Peach just takes over like a play or a musical or whatever. Princess Peach goes stag to a theater performance and has to like take care of some shit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got this weird, almost like a set from a play, like art style where everything's mm -hmm. kind of like set up like you it's know, a musical. You know, like shit's gotten real because she had to put her hair back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. She had to rock the ponytail. That's when you know it's getting real. Um, but it does have this kind of like. Again, if you've ever worked in production in like a musical or a play and you build sets for those, the art in this is very much like that. Yeah. 
Um, look, I'm all for more Princess Peach games, and I'm not saying that like it definitely gets girls into gaming. I do know my wife in particular loves to play Princess Peach games. She just does. Call it what you want, but if I buy her a Princess Peach game, she will play it. If I buy her a Mario platformer, she will not play it. So Representation matters. It does matter, absolutely. Um, and so I like to see more games with Princess Peach in them if there are other people like my wife who will find that, hey, if Princess Peach is in the game, I'm more likely to play it. Anything we can do to get more people playing video games, yeah. I'm all for it. And so at least this one, uh, one of her main abilities isn't crying. Right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yep. I, I'm look. Nintendo's learning just You've like come a long else. way, baby. Seriously. I mean, it's taken a while, but slowly, all these publishers are starting to figure it out. So, um, Princess Peach Showtime comes out March 22nd. So we have one in January, February, and March. Um, another code recollection: Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and then Princess Peach Showtime. Now things start to get to just the nebulous twenty. 20- I love it. At one point, so they did put up a clip that was basically her reenacting the the. The Justin Wong Evo moment. Oh, really? With a block block of that yeah, the yeah. kung fu moment, and like more and more that is being referenced in various things. There was even a um, there's new action, there's new like figure high quality like collector figures of the Street Fighter characters coming out, and they reenact. They did a photo shoot where they reenacted that as part of their like photos of it. And like every time someone forwards to Justin Wong, Justin Wong's like, "Stop sending me this shit. Like, I don't <laughs> want. Why would I ever want to think about that again?" <laughs> he has a good video series on YouTube right now that teaches you how to get he good does. Street Fighters. Yeah, Justin is actually one of the best teachers I've ever seen in fighting. Like he can explain really complicated but he does this when he commentates too mm-hmm. he can explain really complicated strategies and and technical reasons you do things in the most plain language i think i've ever seen anyone do he yeah. he he like he could teach a college course on yeah it. yeah we curate some of his stuff on sifted so you've probably seen it come through your sifts here and there um but if you want to learn how to play street fighter yeah he's the guy if you sure. want to learn like the best thing about it is like i you know because obviously i know how to play those games i've been playing for 30 some years but sometimes i listen to his stuff and i'm like Oh, that's why I do that. Like, it, like I never really understood why I do certain things that I do, like on on you know on reflex now. Yeah, I'm you like, just learn. Oh yeah, that is why that works. Yeah, like, yeah. So like I, it's like one of those things where like I know what it is, but I never had a name for it. Before. And now you have validation. Yeah. Although <laughs> the problem is now you think about it. Right. It's, it's like, <laughs> it just doesn't happen naturally. It was like it was like <laughs> one of the things when I would do golf stuff. One of the things I do to fuck with people is I'd be right before they like were doing like driving range stuff. I'd be like, Hey, do you exhale or inhale on your backswing? They won't even hit the ball. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because <laughs> yeah. it's all you can think about. Right. Yeah. It is so I, mental. Am I breathing yeah. in? <laughs> <laughs> what do I, am I only doing that because I'm thinking about it? What about when I'm not thinking about it? Don't think about it. I'm thinking about it. Like, <laughs> now it, I am it, thinking about not thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so anyway, now we are into more of like the generic 2024 games that are coming to Switch. The first one is Luigi's Mansion 2 HD which actually, and this one is, in fact, a complete remake of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was that DS or 3DS? I think that was 3DS. Uh, yes, I want to say that was 3DS. Yeah, which was a great-looking freaking game, by the way. Polygonal, built out of polygons, on the 3DS. It looked great. Yeah. It played great. It was a, a was great like Luigi's a, was Mansion. Like a- launch window or something for new 3ds or something like maybe i want to say that was a kind of one of the games that launched with one of the updated models maybe yeah i can't remember but it so they have now turned the the handheld game into a full-fledged console game um if you're a fan of the luigi's mansion franchise like i am 
You should be very excited for this. I have a feeling a lot of people never played Dark Moon. No, I, I would imagine not. Um, I barely played it, and I, I don't think I even own it. I think I just oh, really? Play, I think I just played the G4 copy a little oh. bit. Um, this, I'm, it's gl- great. I'm glad they. This is a good one to to rescue from that. Absolutely. That system. Yep. Um, and so I would highly recommend this. I have played Dark Moon. I played it in handheld, and I love playing it on the handheld. I'm really excited to play it again because and is the first one. Did they remake the first one? No, the first Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, no. that's still just on GameCube. Yeah, and like we was it on a Virtual Console or anything? No, no you just play. We you play GameCube games on. Well, you kind of need the GameCube controller to play that because it has like mm. you squeeze it and then you click it like yeah. the triggers. You could figure it out. You could, yeah. I mean, obviously, they made nice Luigi's figured, Mansion 3. It'd be nice if they Switch. figured out a way, uh, if they put the first one somehow so you could have all three on the same system. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yep. Um, so I'm pretty excited for this. You guys know I was a big fan of Luigi's Mansion 3. It was one of my favorite games of the year, the year it came out. And as you can see, this also has a lot of the multiplayer modes that was in Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, so... Uh, the other thing too is that these games aren't particularly long they're one of those games you play 10 to 15 hours enough that you don't feel like you were ripped off um but also long enough that you're like i feel like i got my money's worth and you're not disappointed when it ends um so keep that in mind that is for summer 2024 that could be i'm guessing june would be the earliest Mm -hmm. it would show up june july yeah. yeah Um, and then, in just a generic 2024 release date, we have Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. So once again, more remakes, remasters, keeping Switch afloat here for the first part of 2024. Um, this game is amazing. Yeah, at least this is this is the best game in its series. It is, yeah. I mean, this is easily the best Paper Mario game, yeah. or Mario RPG game, in my opinion, in general. Um it's either this or Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah. I wonder how much this is worth now if you have the original copy um, of it. I don't know. Thousand Year Prob- Door. Probably not as much as you think because it's they made a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, um, they sold a good many of them, but not as many as like a 3D Mario, like Super Mario Sunshine. Um, but this game is great. If you um, like turn-based Mario RPGs, don't even think twice about this one. It plays on, as you're seeing in this B-roll, it plays like, on the paper aesthetic better than any game in the franchise. Looks for like sure. it goes for about um, about 150 bucks for the original and about half that for the player's choice okay. cover. That's And my guess is that that price has come down since it was announced, would be my That's guess. That's probably true, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Matt and I both highly recommend this game. It's amazing. In fact, anybody who's played it will highly recommend it. It is a great turn-based RPG. In my opinion, the best of all the Mario turn-based RPGs. And then we have a game that's a little more obscure that's planned for 2024. It's a game called Fantasy Life I. It's a game from level 5. It was originally supposed to come out in like 2021 or something like that. And here we are in 2024. It still hasn't come out, but... Everyone seems to think that finally it is going to come out. It's this weird, like, life sim thing. I don't know how to explain what it is. Um, And there is a chance that it may not come out in the West. It could end up being Japan only. But this game's been in development for so long, my guess is it will come here. Yeah, there's very little that stays in Japan anymore. Anymore. Yeah, it used to be way more prevalent. There used to be tons of games that were released in Japan that never came to the the West. The the audience is big enough that there's always somebody interested in anything. Well, I think the advent of... People aren't afraid of things. Oh, that's only in Japan. Only Japan would care about that idea. It's like Animal Crossing kind of killed that Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think the commitment is lower too now because you don't have to find like someone to produce the game and someone to distribute it to all the game stores on the East and West Coast. Yeah, if if uh, worse comes to worse, you just do it digital. Digital only. Yeah. It just it has opened the doors to so much stuff. So but look, if various day life can come here. Exactly. Anything exactly. can come here. Yep. So you're right. This probably will end up coming to the West. This could end up coming like at the end of the year, though. We don't know for sure. Um, but as you can see, it's kind of like a life sim, a little bit like Animal Crossing, but a little bit more interactivity yeah, than Animal Crossing. Stardew Valley, a little bit of Harvest Moon. Yeah, all that kind of stuff in there. So, again, that game, no release date for it yet, and it's supposed to have come out I, a I'll long time ago. I'll tell you one ago. thing, man. I don't need my clothes to have eyes and sentience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wearing an intelligent hat. That's yep. not, that doesn't... Nobody needs that. So again, that's called Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Steals Time. And again, we don't have a hard release date for that yet. But it just sounds like by... they're really leaning into the whole, like, you can't stop playing this thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see uh, if it does make it out this year. But it is one of the few Switch games that have been announced that's on the docket that has not come out yet. Um, and then the rest, we just have, we have four games that... We think are probably coming out this year, but we're not 100% sure. And you can probably guess the first one we're going to talk about. And yes, it is Metroid Prime 4. 80% sure this is going to be a Switch 2 launch game. I would hope so. Yeah. Also, I would say playable on the original Switch because Nintendo does care about the fact that it announced this game yeah, you're probably for a, Switch. You probably have a Breath of the Wild situation here where it's like it still runs on the Wii U, but if you really want to play it, functionally you won't. yeah and nintendo again does care like it will mm -hmm. uh, you watch when it announces metroid prime 4 it will say it's also coming to the first switch because we told you it was coming to the first yeah, switch seven years ago right but they'll they will hold to their word still that is one yeah. thing i admire about nintendo the other thing i'm curious about is that you know constant there's, there's a lot of smoke no fire yet but there's a lot of smoke around the idea that not only did they remaster and remake metroid prime 1 they did prime 2 and 3 yeah so my question becomes like are they going to put those out before they put that out hmm that's a good question. I mean, Metroid Prime 4 is way overdue. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like three or four years overdue. I, at the very Maybe least... Maybe Metroid Prime 4 comes with 2 and 3 remaster. That so, would as be like, As like an crazy. apology. That's, I mean, that's possible. Again, that's something Nintendo might do. Yeah, it's not outside. It of, cares about stuff. Like, like that. that's sort of something Iwata might do. Yeah. So maybe it's something they might think of. That, but not do. That not, yeah, I don't mean... <laughs> Uh, anyway, like someone in a meeting might be like, Iwata would do this," and like, "That's nice." It's a good <laughs> thing he's gone now because that will cost us like two hundred million dollars or whatever. Iwata would have like cut his salary to pay for it or something. Yeah. he would have gone the extra mile, I think. But yeah, um, um, I would. I just I would wouldn't mind a modern version of two. I don't like three very much, but like I like three better than two. two I two, two is two, my least favorite Metroid Prime. Two has too much backtracking, but I think the two. I also, but I hate the motion control in three more uh, than I hate the backtracking in two i hated the dual neither worlds. of them are on level on the level of one yeah i didn't like the dual worlds in two where you got you went to this dark world where there were like these umbrellas of safety that you had mm -hmm. to stay under you had to fight and if you accidentally strayed outside of that little bubble while you're fighting the enemies you'd lose like half your health mm -hmm. like it just drove me bonkers i kind of enjoy i kind of like that my thing with that was that the backtracking was crazy it really was yeah. between two different worlds like right. that was the problem it was like there's a game that could use that screenshot map marking thing. A, a good analog to that would be like Banjo-Tooie. Yes, yes. 
Like Banjo Kazooie to Banjo Tooie is Metroid Prime Which, One to Metroid yeah. Prime Two, where and they're I, just like, we're just gonna give you way more of what you yeah, said to, you liked. About and to be fair, I hate Banjo Tooie. Like, <laughs> I do not, but um, I like the first game better. The problem with Banjo Tooie is that um, when I was playing it originally, that I, the reason I gave up halfway through it was like I kept running the things that I couldn't do. And I could never tell where to go. No, I could never tell if I couldn't do them because I didn't understand what I had to do or if I didn't have the, the ability thing. that I needed to do the thing. Yeah. And I just got tired of being confused. I struggled in that game. I was confused, too. And they I had to play that game of... by myself. I was mm. playing it in a locked ROM cart yeah. from Nintendo. Literally, oh, the long, the long yeah. cartridge with the steel case around mm -hmm. it so you couldn't take it out. Nobody's playing it but me. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Like, you get something new... And trying to figure out where you needed to take that damn thing, it was a nightmare. I'd run mm -hmm. over the whole damn world and be like, there it is. They're too, it was all too big. It was too big. It was yeah. still better than uh, Donkey Kong 64. 64? I definitely, I like Banjo-Tooie. I didn't like it as much as Kazooie, but I liked it. I Banjo-Tooie was where the bloom kind of started to come off the rose of Rare for oh. me. And it ran at like eight frames yeah, per second. And Donkey Kong Country sixty. I'm like uh, Donkey Kong sixty four. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no. Like there are four hundred and eighty bananas in every level of that, and you can't get. You need to switch the characters all the time. Matt. And the draw distance is so short, you can't fucking see anything. Like it's so Matt, weird. I am one banana short of hundred percenting that game. Wow. And I know exactly. There's this one challenge I could never beat. I one time, but it was back extended play tech TV days. But Greg Bemis, if you remember him. Mm -hmm. Uh, he decided at some point, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat this. Guy. I'm gonna get every banana. He would come in and like after work for like three hours before he went <laughs> home. He would sit there and try. But it took him like a month. But he did get it. He did do it. I didn't 100 percent it. I am and literally 99.9 percent .9 done with Donkey one of the, Kong 64. I don't. I must have maybe got 60 percent if that. I don't yeah. remember. I don't think I ever finished it. But like, my I remember one of the first things that they that I that happened when I first got hired full time there was Greg brought in his copy of Jet Force Gemini and he's like I know you're good at this I want you to beat this for me and I'm at the last boss I'm at Mizar the last oh mob. that boss was brutal. and the thing was he hadn't upgraded his weapons and like he didn't have enough ammo in his rocket launcher for me to beat like I could I got you had to go back I go, no you can't go back you're stuck oh you're right you are you're, stuck. you're like you either beat him or you can't get any further and you can't go back can't go forward and I I try like seven eight nine times. Dude, and I, I got him down to I got him down seven, but I just <laughs> couldn't do it. Actually, no, maybe I did beat him. No, I did beat him. I had no health left. I was the dog. Oh. I remember now. I beat him, and it was like, like if I'd been hit one more time, that was Done. it. And I did it. And like he and Adam well, you had to fight that battle out. because you had to strafe and jump. So you had yeah. to use how I played it was I used my three fingers on yep. the C buttons. Left, right, and then tap the top one to jump as he went side to side and jumped yep. over his laser that's, beam. Yeah, that's how I did it. <laughs> and I remember them reacting. They're like, oh, my God, you use a special. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I've <laughs> it's the only way to do it. Fighting game. Same deal. Fighting game face button trick. Yep. Like, no, it was, the, 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 you know, you think the Monster Hunter claw thing's weird. Yeah, exactly. We've always had to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one other um, Switch game, Switch exclusive, that's been announced that we've been waiting for. And we I don't even know what's up with this thing at this point. Maybe it's been canceled. They haven't told us yet. Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D remake from Square Enix. This was announced, I think, back in 2001. We haven't had an update on it since, like, the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. But people still seem to think that it's still coming. Square Enix has not announced it. It's been canceled. I don't know. It seems like they they were pretty far along in this thing to just kill it. Yeah. Square Enix usually doesn't do that. This is 3? Dragon Quest 3? Yeah. 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 
but that this one, a good one a lot of it is good a lot of people may not even remember that this game is out there still but it's supposed to be supposed to still be in development haven't heard from it for a long time it could fill one of the gaps maybe from the june to september time frame if that's indeed what ends up happening with the release of switch 2 so dragon quest 3 hd 2d remake is still out there and then just some wishful thinking. We've mentioned this before. A couple games that we think might be launch games for the Switch 2. Mario Kart 9. It's been like 10 years since mm. Mario Kart 8. They're way overdue for a new Mario Kart. This would make sense for a launch title. I mean, it if would they just don't have the Mario Odyssey follow-up ready. But here's what I'm thinking, Matt. That Mar- Super Mario Odyssey should be ready. Like, it should be ready to go for launch. Yeah, but I don't think you do both at the same time. Here's what I'm thinking. Mario Kart 9 for launch, and that could be August, September, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Mario at like Mario Odyssey November. for holiday. Yeah, Mario Odyssey 2 for holiday. And I do think it will be a sequel to Super Mario Odyssey. I don't. I think it'll be something new. You think it'll be something entirely so, new? I mean, it'll be a 3D Mario. It'll be, it'll You're be, right. But I, don't, I think it'll be completely new. I, I don't know. They were so brave with like what they did with the first Mario Odyssey, with bringing it into like the modern yeah. world and crap. Yeah, I like, agree, but... I, I I think they're I think it's gonna be influenced by the movie. That would be eh, I would be okay with that probably. I mean it made a ton of money. I mean, right. I mean it, it makes smart. financial sense too. But I mean Mario Odyssey sold really well too. Like it did. I I just I don't think they're gonna repeat themselves on this one. Yeah. I I, I think I would probably prefer a follow up to Odyssey because like usually you like follow- the hat mechanics. I don't really like the hat mechanics, but it just in the past when they've done kind of a three D like. Um, when when they've kind of left left the backyard with something, there the follow up tends to be you know like Mario Galaxy two yeah tended they tend to really be better perfect it yeah so I'd like to see kind of a I'd like to see them take everything they learned making Mario Odyssey and make one that like kind of really hones everything to perfection mm-hmm. but I I my my bet is that they're gonna do something totally different yeah I think that they will make a sequel to Mario Odyssey but we'll see but I think a three D Mario is coming this year whether it's at launch. Or at Christmas, it could flip-flop. It could be the next 3D Mario at launch and then Mario Kart at the holidays. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's going to work out. but It depends how they want to space them out. But it seems like they could be ready for both of them. Both games should be ready. Absolutely. And that will make Switch just blow up. (laughs) Like... It may be like the biggest launch yeah. of a console ever. Throw that. I mean, I don't, it's hard to beat Zelda. Yeah. The way that changed. But you could throw in some like DLC that goes up around the same time. And what if there's like an Kingdom. enhanced version of Tears of the Kingdom that runs in. I mean, even if it just runs better on Switch, too. So you don't get those frame yeah. rates that just totally crap the bed. I mean, I'm sure it will. Like I said, a bunch of the bunch of the, the staple first party games for Switch have, have left print yeah and i'm sure they're gonna put them out as like a works on switch and switch 2 thing yeah so like and they probably will hopefully they will work better i think bottom line is be nice to play breath of the wild at a stable frame rate it would be it'd be nice to play tears of the kingdom at a stable frame rate too yeah i think breath of the wild is more likely to do that yeah yeah you're right um i think no matter how you slice it we're looking at an amazing year for nintendo yeah, I mean they've they've uh, it's their game to lose. Yeah, again. Yeah. I mean, we already looked at PlayStation last week. Not a whole lot inspiring there of what we know right now. That could obviously change. Mm-hmm. I've already started doing some gathering for Xbox for next week's episode. And I mean, I don't know if we can hang with what we just talked about with Nintendo. We both just handed Nintendo or wait, were you platform of the year Nintendo too? Yeah. yeah. So we both gave Switch platform of the year last year. 
as of right now, it's kind of looking like it might repeat. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's not, again, not my favorite platform of the year, but in terms of consistency, you can't argue. Can't deny it. it. There's just no competition. Yep. So even if I only get Mario Kart 9 and then we get the 3D Mario in March or whatever, mm-hmm. still awesome. Yeah. Like, we're what basically what we're looking at, the next 12 months of Nintendo is going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So... Good news if you're a Nintendo fan. Get your wallets ready. But yeah, yeah, I hope you. You may not want to spend any of your gift cards you just got for the holidays. You might want to save them for September or whenever for that Switch too, um, and we'll see what the pricing is. But anyway, there you go. That's our preview of Nintendo for 2024. Yeah, I agree with Agile Nate. Bowser's Fury was the experiment for the next 3D Mario. That's what I expect them to. It was great. On. That was yeah, awesome. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, an, it's set in the Odyssey universe, world, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see what they end up doing with it. Either way, I'll be happy. Yeah. New Mario idea? Cool. Another Odyssey? Cool. Can't go wrong either way with yeah. me. That is an interesting idea, though. It's like the idea is like, it's like setting them up. I mean, they're all in the same universe technically, but it's just Mushroom hard to Kingdom. reconcile yeah. a lot. It's like, you know, and because they're, they're just so lackadaisical about it. It's like, like Odyssey going into the real world, like that's why I think they're gonna make a sequel to it because it's such a big move that like to do that for just one game seems like they'd almost be admitting that they've screwed up. No, but in like, some way. but like look at how much of the movie takes place in the real world. That's true. Like I think they're just gonna double. Oh you're down right. On they that. kind of already are congruent anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. That's Nintendo in twenty twenty four and our final topic for Game Face 372. We're going to talk about a game called Grand Blue. I almost I have problems pronouncing that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. This game comes out on February 1st and I believe it's PC, PS5 and Xbox Series. Maybe. I don't yeah. think it's coming to the old consoles. I know it's no. not coming to Switch for sure. No. Although I guess it it's a remake I think of a mobile game. <laughs> Is it a remake of the mobile something. game? It's it's like a or extrapolation it a spin-off or off the idea or something. Spin-off of it, but it's also I think it's also a remake of a version of this that was a I think I don't think it was in America before, but I think this I feel like this has existed in some form before. Okay. And well, Grand Blue Fantasy is a mobile IP. Right. But then and we, have, we mostly know it as the fighting games. Right. And there's a new um, one of those coming really soon. That one too. already came out. Oh, yeah. it came out in December. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, December. Yeah. And so this is an action RPG set in that same universe as those mobile games and as the fighting franchise. Um, Here's one thing I will say is, Matt, I've been conditioned at this point when I see games like this to think that they're free. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, was it... uh... I forgot the name. Like of it. Honkai Star Rail, yeah, all the, those games. You know, the, uh, what's his the the game? You know the game with like the Breath of the Wild kind of clone with the. I mean, this kind of looks like it too. But, but yeah, but <laughs> it's like, right. But I mean, like that one with a big open world and it's yeah, free it's play. the one before Honkai I can't Star remember, Rail. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I, of it, I haven't. I don't play it, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah. yeah, that's what I'm getting at. There's so many of those games that look and play just like this one that are free. Mm-hmm. It's not Temtem, is it? Temtem's the Pokemon No, it's Genshin clone. Impact. Genshin, Genshin Impact. Impact, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. With games like Genshin Impact, Honkai Star Rail out there, I see games like this, I'm like, and let's be honest, like, this looks actually better, like, graphically than Tears of the Kingdom, but these games from, like, Asia, I, a lot, when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's um, probably free to play. A little bit. I don't, not super much, like, because there's also, like, it rides a line between that and, like, like a Namco action arc you know, it looks a little bit like tales of arise yeah um so you could kind of go either and that is actually what it reminds me of the most 
is that kind of thing. It's, the thing that stands out for me the most about this game is how fast it moves. Yeah. You're running, but not just that. It's like how quickly it moves from like one objective to the next. Yeah, it it it's got pacing. Yeah. For sure. It it's shot just watching B-roll of it, you can see it. Like you finish yeah. like and it's cool too like when you finish off like a little mini quest, it does this crazy like slow-mo thing where your last slash like everything mm. goes like psychedelic and it like it tells you okay yeah it's surprisingly good at communicating yeah you finish like this. this skirmish now go to the next and you can literally run a hundred yards and there's the next one mm. like the pacing and the action in this is really cool like something that stood out for me yeah it's it's interesting so i did pl i played this so this is like the demo is this little like story stretch here fighting all these goblins to rescue civilians and then they have uh there's another mode where you can play three uh, standalone quests which are like um basically they're online quests so mm -hmm. like you can go you can play solo with like ai uh, party members or you can go online and play with other players playing the other characters um by the way there's a free demo of this available right now yeah this is this is the demo and this is coming from or coming to pc and playstation 4 and playstation 5 there's yeah. no xbox version or switch version and, and there's uh, the slow-mo thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah, and the and and also if you complete each quest and all the things, you get rewards in the main game if you buy the full game. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't continue to save on, but you do get a re you do get rewarded for playing the demo. Um, it's all fully voiced uh, and acted like the characters do do act uh, in the cutscenes. It's not just still faces. Mm -hmm. It's uh, very yeah. standard anime dub, uh, it's, and it, to the point that I recognize that, like the main the main kid Gran, his his voice actor is like, "Are you who are you? You're the kid from Xenoblade Two or something." Like, it's like, like it's <laughs> you this, recognize him like that. I, I don't remember his name, the actor's name, but I know I've heard him in like every freaking game. It looks like this, and for you know, it's it's, it's the same cast, yeah. that, you know, from like all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it's pretty good. Like, like the com the combat is is real time. Obviously, it is is a fast. It's a, responsive. a lot of juggling. There's a lot of using your arts. There's like you know, kind of like Xenoblade. There's um, you know, when you get the thing, you you knock their break bar down to a certain level. You can do a link attack with another character if everybody does. With like attack. all of them. If everybody does their link attack at the same time, the you can break the enemy and they can fall fall over and you can do extra damage. You get uh, these super attacks that, like, you charge the bar up, and, like, if you get 100%, you can activate it by... You're, I think he's about to do it. You smash both... Uh, you click both sticks, and he does this thing. And then if everybody else is, has that their bar ready, they all the others can do theirs, so they're going to do theirs, like, right after that. And if all four characters do it, you get a final big group attack that does even more damage. Um, and that's basically how you get through the boss battles as you you kind of fight your way until you charge that up and then <laughs> unleash hell. The, even it's so funny. Even after you do this, the full burst right here, mm -hmm. like you go through all four characters and then you do the team up attack. It still takes like an inch off the boss's health bar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. When you when you do like a like a ten percent damage combo on those guys, you're like, oh, I, I kicked some ass right there. Like it's it takes like, a while. Oh man, yeah, the bosses in this, their health bars are gigantic. Like you got to use the. And I'll say, I mean, like, so there's nothing super special about this. Like, so, I mean, the story seems fine. The characters seem fine. There is some, there is some, um, there is some, like, pretty, some rather funny jokes, uh, or at least they were written that way. I don't know if the actors understood Unintentional them. humor. Um, like, there's a thing where the, the, the little dragon uh, won't call uh, the guy you're working, you're working for, this guy who, like, goes around in this sky ship and fixes stuff for people. Uh, he calls himself Mr. Fix-It. They call him Mr. Fixit, but his name is Roland. 
And so the dragon keeps calling him Mr. Fix-It, and he's like, Roland, my name is Roland. And like, at one point you call him, and he calls, uh, he calls like, hey, Mr. Fix-It. And he goes, this is Roland. What can Roland do for you? But the actor, <laughs> but the actor doesn't deliver it like that. He says, oh. this is Roland. What can Roland do for you? And it's like, the joke here is that he's trying to remind the dragon that his name is Roland and to call him Roland, oh, but like, it's geez. not delivered that way because everyone recorded their lines separately, and there's right. no airplay. <laughs> um, so there's some stuff like that, but it's like, it's like... It looks like it gets a little monotonous. It probably pretty it does quickly. get a little monotonous. Like well, after I did, a, you know, the third quest, which is like another boss fight, which is like okay, yeah, I get it. It's just it lasted like ten minutes or whatever, and it's just like okay, uh, this is this is I get it, I understand, but it is fun. Like it's 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 not doing anything super special, but it is doing it well. Yeah, and like sometimes you, it, it's like you, I could definitely see myself sitting back and just playing this mindlessly. Maybe with a podcast or sort of running around the open world areas and sort of like, you know, leveling up or like hitting stuff and finding hidden things. Like sometimes you just want like a really competently executed grilled cheese. No, I hear you. You know, like that's kind of what this is so far. Um, This looks like a game that could become a daily driver. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, I've got 30 minutes to play. Let me go online. I definitely think it does the thing where it has kind of the, 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 the quests. That like probably update every day and you can mm-hmm. do different things to get different materials or whatever. I can definitely see that being a thing. Um, but this game does cost full price. It's it going to cost price. sixty bucks. It is a full price, you know, story driven RPG. You didn't. I I think the 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 party AI is actually shockingly good. They are in this. Yeah, like, they'll back off. They don't get hit by things if they're if they're you know running around. If you jump in to help somebody, they'll generally let you do that and back off, or they will back up your attacks properly. Like I've done juggle combos that then one of the other characters picked up after I was done with a juggle, and they kept them in the air until I could wow. jump back up and That's keep cool. juggling them. Yeah, like they. And, like, there's character like, at the end of each quest, like, the kind of the online multiplayer quest where you play it solo or multiplayer, everybody gets kind of judged and, like, like gets a little title rewards at the end. Again, ran the furthest, like, exploited weak spots the most. Yep. And somebody gets an MVP based on, like, the best, doing the best. And I never got MVP. Like, okay. the, the, the AI characters were getting MVP oh, wow. for doing the best work, the best Interesting. damage. Interesting. So um, none of the none of the party combat, even though it's you and three AI, none of the party combat was ever frustrating or like they won't do it. I, I, I and that's I, a big deal. <laughs> I never really felt like deal. I needed to tell them what to do, which is good because I can't. Yeah. So. Well, also ideally, I mean, you could play this with other humans if you wanted to. Yeah. And you could solve that that issue hopefully. And you have uh, you have a pretty friends. big roster to choose from. I want to say there was like twelve characters or something to pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can mix and match whoever you want. I'm sure you have to earn all those in the story. It's probably just a demo thing, but yeah. like. A lot of variety. I believe in the final game, you can choose to play the other characters if you want. Like, have, you know, pick your lead character. It looks yeah. like in the in the trailer they play, it doesn't look like Gron is the main player character all the time. So I'm not sure what how that works. Yeah, anymore. that'll be interesting. Um, this comes out February 1st, so this is also coming in the next, yeah, like, two all, weeks. This is all hitting at the same time. Yeah. There's a lot of big games coming out so, in the next, like, three so weeks, people. So this is up against uh, Infinite Wealth and Suicide Squad and um, what's the other thing? Tekken 8. Tekken 8, yeah. I mean, it's its own thing. I think Tekken Eight might win that fight. It probably, I mean, it probably will. But truth be told, I mean, they're different audiences for oh, games yeah, like yeah. this. I no, think I don't know. I think there's a lot of crossover with Tekken in this, and probably even Infant Wealth in this. I do wonder though if people are like me and they see games like this and they're like, "Oh, that's I played that for free." And I don't think so. No, I think the bigger problem is like, "Oh, it's a very generic JRPG." Yeah, like I don't think very problem, flashy. I think the problem is free. I think it looks like all these sort of like. Tales from Arise and and um, Saga stuff. It just looks like 
it looks like you've seen it before, not just because of things like Genshin Impact, but because even like, you know, Square and Namco stuff looks like this yeah. semi-regularly. No, you're right. Yeah. It is kind of amazing some of the games that are coming from these studios that like you've hardly ever heard of. Yeah. And also like this stuff, like the story stuff is a little more interesting in the sense that it is sort of a skies of Arcadia style world with like these guys in airships and like they fly from island to island. Like these are all islands in the sky. They're not just like a general like world like you know, continent somewhere. Yeah. Like the the overall arcing world building seems kind of interesting. It's just not really in the demo. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I do find myself curious about because I do like skies of Arcadia so much that I'm like, hey, if anybody wants to do sky pirates again. Or just you know, I think most people remake would be cool that, with that fucking game. Yeah, exactly. Sega, where are you? That on actually that? would be a smart move, man, to remake Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't done it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like again the duck consulting. Just agency. give me the GameCube game again. Right. I don't even care. I, yeah. You know, like, even just upres it or whatever. Yeah. yeah you don't have to even do that much work because it's a great it, RPG yeah, all on and its And the own. GameCube game is a big improvement. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So, Dreamcast one. Yep. So that is Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Again, it's coming to PC, PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 4 on February 1st. It is a full price game. Um, it may not look like it, but it is. Um, and it does have some competition, but it does also, in its genre, it's kind of the only big deal for the next like few months. So something worth investigating. Will we cover it again on Game Face? Maybe. Um, I'm glad we kind of got in a little bit early here to talk about it because, again, we have mm-hmm. these big games coming over the next couple weeks. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm not 100 percent. I mean, I probably I do intend to play it, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure what it could offer in the full game that would be in addition to what we've already said. Right. Like, unless there's some real surprises. I'd... I mean, here, I guess what I'll say is we'll probably play it. Yeah. Will we talk about it again? 50 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, maybe when February cools off. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. But it's it's kind of awesome. To be this early in the year and have choices mm-hmm. <laughs> of games of good games that you play you want to play. Uh, so again, that's Grand Blue Fantasy Relink for PC and PlayStation. And with that, it's time to get to some QA here on Game Face. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. That's right. Head to soundwizardry.com for all your audio needs. Literally any type of audio work that you need done, they can handle it and they can do a great job on it. An awesome resume if you're somebody who's watching Game Face and you are someone who hires people to handle audio in your games. Resume speaks for itself. Sound Wizardry worked on two of the Game of the Year candidates from 2023. Nobody works on projects like that unless they got themselves on lock. Go to soundwizardry.com for all your sound needs, all your audio needs. Also, by the way, just really great people over there. Glenn is literally one of the nicest people that I have met working on Sifted, which is probably why his company is doing really, really well. Go to soundwizardry.com. And with that, do you have any questions for us, Matt? From chat? Um, Cody S. Carter just subscribed. Thank you, Cody. 
Yeah, actually, I feel bad because we are now missing mm-hmm. all the uh, Twitch Prime stuff today. JM Rain threw some subs at people. Thank you, always. JM Rain. Again, for those of you who showed up late, just so you know, we had a, a mishap today when we were setting up for the show. One of our monitors fell onto this mouse and it shattered the monitor. I know it sounds crazy. I couldn't believe it either. When I first saw it, I was like, no, like I just need to reboot the monitor. <laughs> nope. That thing was shattered. So anyway, we haven't been able to incorporate chat into the show like we normally do today. I haven't been able to thank you guys for Twitch Prime or talk about your awesome comments, but we are going to answer at least a couple questions here for Q&A at the end. Got anything, Matt? Derek D1111 says, what old franchise like Prince of Persia do you want to return in a different form? My pick would be Dino Crisis. Uh, Dino Crisis is a good pick. It is a good pick um, in a different form, though. Yeah, like I mean, just like I assume it means new games or some okay. new approach. So, to it. but it can be like the same genre still. Yeah, I mean, I I think Dino Crisis should come into a new form because it should be an action game. Yeah, it should be it should be like I mean, at most like a, a more fluid Resident Evil Four. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. The Dino Crisis Two was the best for one because it turned it into a full action game. Right. Yeah. Instead um, of a survival horror game. Yeah. I mean, my answer is always going to be Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah, like the the Panzer Dragoon game should come back. I mean, that's summer. another remake that's just sitting there. Yeah, it's, that that should be done. <laughs> what is Sega doing? Like, it's nice you're trying Golden Axe for the fourteenth fucking time. Yeah, but we do something that actually needs to be rescued. Yeah, I think one thing I would say, and I, I would just toss out Tribes, although they are making another Tribes yeah, right now. I saw now. the Tribes three thing. Yeah, like, they're working on it. We'll see how it turns. I would out. never have known that's what that's supposed to be by looking at it. Yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, exactly. Five v five. Have you played the original Tribes? That's not what Tribes was. Yeah, I know. That's not what the point was. I the, know. I know. So I'm a little disappointed in that. I wish they would call the Duck Consulting Agency because I could definitely help them make a good Tribes game. That's one I will always point to. But the other thing I would say that just in general is I would like good arcade-style sports games. Um, I feel like the only sports games that really come out anymore are rigid simulations. And I go back to, like, the PlayStation N64 era and how many awesome arcade sports games there were. You had the whole... There's a whole section of EA called EA Sports Big that was just dedicated to making arcade-style sports games. They've gone away. Like, NHL 94, one of my favorite games of all time. That is an arcade-style hockey game. For the time, it was simulation because the technology that they had is the Mm -hmm. best they could do. Now, if you play it, it's an arcade-style hockey game. I would love to play another arcade-style hockey game. Like, they've tried to put, like, the three-on-three modes in the new NHL games. They're not the same. Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. Is that the one where you can make Gretzky's head bleed? Yes. NHL 94? Yeah. And you yeah. can... No, no. No, you'll, yeah. Gretzky, you can. They're, well, on the Genesis, you can. In Genesis, So on the yeah. Genesis, they bleed out, and an ambulance comes on the ice and hauls them yeah. out. On the Super Nintendo version, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Famously in Swingers. Right. Yeah, exactly. John Favreau. They go through the whole kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. One of the most underrated sports games of all time. I, I'm tired of having to play simulations. I want to play fun takes on the sport. I covered one not that long ago. We had an arcade football game called mm. wild card or whatever that i played yeah. i think that was in october maybe something like that something like that i'm looking for that stuff so i would just like to see more fun sports games instead of just like this is just like the real thing and if it isn't then it sucks like i'm tired of that i want to get off that train i want to see good arcade sports games so you could just mm. revive any of those franchises and i would be cool with it um but again there's still lines, i would like to see just a, in a similar kind of a parallel thing i would like to see the cyber sports stuff come back uh, yeah Cyberball and yeah and the cyber baseball game yeah, and yeah. all that like all that stuff was a lot of fun and it kind of added a cool new wrinkle and you could make it more 
really you know be able to almost like armored core style being able to tweak the robots and like mess yeah, yeah. with things and like mutant league yeah mutant bring league. it back there's there's a lot of room in this and again these games will sell if you do them well people love sports games they sell very well if you make a good game so and, that if, you, and if you theme it and make it fun to play enough it'll, it'll, it'll you know cross over out of the sports yeah, audience absolutely you know, i would buy a cyber cyberball you know yeah baseball game that's like the that. thing uh, these arcade style sports games they transcend the people mm-hmm. who actually like the sports yeah like i do not give a shit for one brief microsecond about basketball yeah but i played nba jam for hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours mechanics great mechanics yeah. yep so yeah those would be my picks any other like, i didn't even know who half the players were when i was playing right. the game <laughs> I was like, Spud Webb is a real person? Whatever. I'm playing him. I'm That's in. hilarious. Spud Webb was like an urban legend back in the day. Because he was yeah. like four feet tall, but he could dunk. Yeah. He I, was I, in the dunk contest. He was my guy in NBA Jam. <laughs> I, played, I played as uh, as him every time. I saw a photo Love one him. time of him standing next to Minute Bowl. Do you remember Minute Bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's like 7'3 mm-hmm. and like a string bean. And I think like Spud Webb came up to like his, his waist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But in NBA Jam, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like Spun web. Yep. Jam's awesome. at home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, got another question for us? I think we can answer one more before we got to go. Um, Congrim1 says, with Naughty Dog canceling their multiplayer project and the Insomniac League showing Last of Us Part 2 only selling 10.3 million copies as of November 23, which had a budget of $230 million without marketing, do you think the remaster remake is a bit of financial desperation seen as Part 2 undersold? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. yeah, I mean they haven't really recouped as much as they thought they would from The Last of Us Part no. Two. I mean, that was one thing that did blow my mind from that Insomniac leak was seeing how little that game had sold. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it still was a great hit, but yeah, I I think uh, also think um, like I can't imagine Sony has an issue with that franchise. I think after the the success of the TV show and the prestige it brought them and the Golden Globe win, like Sony is perfectly sony i guarantee you believes they got their money's oh, worth yeah. out of that, that absolutely that franchise yeah. for sure and it's going to continue to as mm-hmm. they adapt last was part two is about to pay for itself in three seasons of tv yeah probably. yeah for sure um but yeah i could i could see some of that like i especially trying to ride the wave of so that, soon uh, trying to ride the wave of the show, um, the show is what they're doing here. yeah and they're um, trying to capitalize on that to sell more of their it's video. A, yeah, it's a, well, it's a double whammy of like trying to capitalize on the wave of the show and the success of the Golden Globe win and the Emmys to sell more of the remaster of this game and maybe sell some PlayStation 5s all right. right. And on top of that, trying to keep that, that franchise top of mind so that when the next season comes back, probably next year, you're still kind of used, you're kind of getting used to be, having Last of Us constantly sort of in the conversation. Yeah. And we'll be talking about that in next week's episode, by the way. Um, I'd realize the embargo broke this morning for reviews, and they're up on Sifted if you want to read them or watch them. Um, Matt and I will talk about it briefly in next week's episode. We'll probably just talk about the extras in it. We won't talk about the base game because I think we talked about that game for like an hour and a half when it came out. So uh, we will we will address that remaster. I guess it's a remaster. Well, I guess what? if you add the extra stuff, it probably is a remake. There's the Lost Levels stuff in there. There's yeah, it's, the, it's a remake. Yeah. It counts. Yeah, they did a lot of work on it. So we'll I talk be, about it. I would be less charitable towards it if it wasn't going to cost $10. Right. If you already own I me. Mean, and don't forget, by the way, that is, if you own the original game, it just costs 10 bucks to upgrade to the new one. So I think they're going to have a lot of cha-ching $10 sales here over the next like couple weeks. Yeah, that, I'll pay 10 bucks just for that ro- like roguelite thing yeah, they did. Yeah, me too. So yep. that's fine by me. Yep, me too. 
All right, that's going to do it for Game Face episode 372. Again, I apologize for not being able to get you guys into the show as much as we like. That will be fixed for next week's episode. And then an episode or two after that, we'll be unveiling the new Game Face, which is pretty exciting. Um, just a couple notes for those of you who are watching on YouTube or listening on any of the podcast services. If you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. And you can pledge there for $4 a month. You get all our content early. For $2 a month, you get Pactor Factor early. Or you can subscribe with Twitch Prime. And if you're watching on YouTube, the instructions to do that are down below. It costs you nothing if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. You can give us a free $2.50 every month if you do it. And once you've, once you've hooked it up the first time, it literally takes three seconds to do it after that every month. We'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Even if you are a patron, that would be awesome. And if you have no money or you're not an Amazon Prime member, you can still do stuff to help. You can like the show, you can subscribe on YouTube, you can share it on social media, you can review the show on any of the podcast services and give us a review. That helps the show bubble up in search. There's lots of stuff you can do even if you don't have any money and we appreciate it all. So that's it for Game Phase 372. Big stuff coming. Games, Game Phase, everything here over the next few weeks. Really excited to do it with you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday right back here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Game Phase is up and out.